It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's it. One more. Get it right. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a Welcome, everybody, to a new show of the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can call us at 631-672-3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS. All you have to do is search us at, what is it, Speedy? WWSRN on iPhone or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Sometimes you just have to be aware when I'm going to throw you a curveball. But anyways, uh, you go to iOS. All you have to do is search WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy, what's going on, man? Well, we're awaiting the New York Knicks pick at number 11. They did not trade up. Hopefully hopefully get a good player. We'll see. Well, uh, Josh Silverberg sends me... Uh, a tweet from Pro City Hoops on Twitter. According to J-M-C-A-R-C-I NBA, if Jalen Duran gets to pick number 11, the deal between the Knicks and the Pistons that would send Ivy to New York wow. is done. Okay. So that's, uh, that's the story right now. The New York Knicks uh, is still... Up to possibly getting Jaden Ivey. Wow, that's interesting. You know, I'll be very surprised if this actually actually falls into the Knicks' hands because it never usually does. And if Jaden Ivey does fall into the Knicks' hands, arguably one of the best players in this year's draft, uh, there were stories coming out that the Knicks were going to make a heavy push for Ivey. And uh, obviously he went uh, and he fell to five. And the Pistons uh, make that move. So, uh uh, we'll see what happens uh, as uh, right now. Where we got Johnny, so Johnny Davis. Davis goes to Washington at number ten. Another guy the Knicks were looking at. If they if 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 they didn't kept their pick at eleven, it was either him or Mathurin. They were looking at Mathurin went number eight, to, or uh, he went number seven to the the uh, the Pacers. Well, spit it out, Speedy. What's wrong with you today? Are you lost or something? But anyways, uh, we have a great show lined up for you at ten o'clock. We'll be talking to Duke sophomore quarterback Riley Leonard at eleven. We'll be talking to former 49ers, 49ers, Broncos, and Packers linebacker Dyrell Briggs. He'll be joining us as well. We will get into the NBA draft as the New York Knicks drafting at 11. As you heard, Josh Silverberg gave us a little bit of a post that if this does happen and uh, there's a good chance that it could, uh, Jaden Ivey could be a New York Knick in in just a few moments. Uh, So we'll get into the NBA draft. We'll get into the Kyrie Irvin situation. It gives six options for signing and trading. That means uh, six teams that he's interested in going to. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Heat, the Mavericks, and the 76ers. It's so funny because me and Josh were talking about that today as well. And all those teams right now are over the salary cap. So uh, what does that tell you? Um, What is this over here? Breaking Uh, news. Breaking news. (laughs) 
Uh, Nick's plan to use first round draft pick for Charlie Ward. Thank you. Uh, Is time travel included in that snug? Who knows? Uh, We'll get into the Avalanche win. Game number four in overtime. Uh, Take a 3-1 lead. Lightning fans and John Cooper complaining about too many men on the ice. How does that sound familiar? Okay, and we will get into that a little bit later in the show. So I, I'm sure a lot of Tampa fans are going to love to hear my response to that argument after the New York Islanders uh, just a year ago in game number seven lost because of a shorthanded too many men on the ice. So love to get into this, and um, we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Could the Browns trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Why would they do that when they have uh, Deshaun Watson? But uh, uh, we don't know when Deshaun Watson is actually going to play this year. And Baker could be cut or traded very, very soon. So that's going to be an interesting uh, dialect uh, when we uh, get into that as well. Uh, Mets show interest in Luis Castilla trade with the Reds. I'm not surprised because everybody knows that the Yankees are interested in. Too, As are so. the Twins now, too. Um, and uh, what is this? Despite very near return for Max Scherzer, potential return for Jacob deGrom as well. Yeah, Scherzer could be back this weekend. Mm. Anyways, uh, the New York Knicks are drafting at 11, where they're up. They're about three minutes and 23 seconds away from drafting the number 11 pick. And if it is who we think it is, which uh, it is said to happen, uh, if it is Duran, it means the New York Knicks could very much have a trade in line with the Detroit Pistons to land Jaden Ivey, mm-hmm. which is something that we heard the Knicks wanting to do. I, I would say that the, if that happens, the Knicks would probably give up their first-round draft pick next year and probably another piece in their lineup as of right now as well. So. John's, uh, John Suggs says, uh, Kyrie not going back to the Lakers. I, I don't remember how much backlash he had with LeBron. He likes to shine, and all we know, LeBron wants the attention on the team. And are you surprised Holmgren went over Jabari Smith? Uh, don't get me wrong, all the top five picks were good. Uh, yeah, he said the same thing, Duran going to the Knicks. It wouldn't surprise me if the Knicks get the guy from Kentucky, Ty Ty Washington Jr. How do you pronounce his name? Duran or Jalen Duran, yeah. I, I, th- I thought it, it's spelled Duran. Yeah, so. it's weird, yeah. But anyways, Jalen Duran looks like he is heading to the New York Knicks, which means this could very much be a trade in the works with Detroit and the Knicks. So and and what is, uh, you know, Josh was saying this before the show started, Mm -hmm. that this could very much happen. So it's going to be a very interesting story if this does fall together the way a lot of people think it's going to fall. And, and right now, the commissioner should be coming out right now because the pick is in, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll wait for uh, the commissioner to come out and announce your favorite Knicks. commissioner. Oh, I can't stand him. <laughs> I hate all the commissioners. We know. And who would have thought that Gary Bettman would be the best commissioner in professional sports? I, I wouldn't. But I, I'm not I'm not a big Adam Silver fan for one reason. One reason only is because he lets the players run the league. He lets LeBron James run the league, and I don't like that. Hmm. So uh, we will get into the draft in just a few moments. I just want to see where the Knicks are going to go, and then we'll see if this uh, this story does come to fruition and the Knicks do land Jaden Ivey because that could very much happen very in just a few moments. All right, the commissioner is up. Here it is. Who is this? No, they oh they went with one of the international kids. 
Ousmane Ding. Dang. Now, here's the other interesting part of that, though, too. The Pistons have a French guy on their team, too. So maybe it wasn't Jalen Duran they were thinking of. Maybe they want this guy. Because uh, Killian Hayes is a, a first-round pick of Detroit from two years ago who also played in France, too. That's so. not a Nick pick. I, I'm very surprised that they went with that. Unless... Yeah, so that's why I'm thinking the trade could still be possible. That's hmm. not something that the Knicks would have done. I, I'm very surprised with this pick. I, mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah, I'm a lot of Knicks fans are probably shocked with this pick. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm speechless right now with the Knicks. So. Yeah, okay. We'll wait to see how it transpires with the trade. But definitely an odd pick, like straight up for that kind of thing. Because you would have thought the Knicks would have gone for a guard. You would have thought the Knicks might have gone for a value pick. I know Davis just went. That probably would have been an ideal one. If is there, Isn't there a player right now on... Um, on Detroit right now from France? Yes, Killian Hayes, their first-round pick from two years ago. So that's why I'm thinking he could be. Maybe they wanted him instead. They didn't. Maybe they didn't realize he was there. Carl says, true Knicks fashion. Ah. I, at this point, I'm hoping he's part of the trade because, again, I don't know much him, about so it. But, is, I don't know what this is going on. So go check that out, Speedy. See if there's yeah, something going I, on. I have, his, I have right his Twitter. I have had his Twitter up for a while just to check on any kind of these rumors because the NBA draft is so weird where – Oh, here it is. Yep. No, you're right. Knicks will select are trading the number 11 pick to OKC. So the Knicks, I'm still trying to get the return package for that at the moment. That's probably what they're finding out. Thunder will send multiple first round picks is all that uh, Waz's Twitter says right now. So hold on one second. So they're still going to probably get Duran. Right? Yeah, so maybe they traded back knowing that Detroit wanted Duran yeah. and got better better picks out of it. With OKC having all the picks they have, it makes sense. Yeah, but what are they going to get for it? You know what I mean? All, all it says right now is multiple first round picks. So, so the, the Thunder have pick the Thunder have pick fourteen right now, and so that would be one of them. And they would probably get an extra first of a different year, I guess. It wouldn't be next year, obviously, because it can't be the same year. But so the next the Knicks would get another number one. Pick. I think fourteen is where the the Thunder's other pick was, unless that was the one they traded for the uh, to the Nuggets. Whatever, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll we'll get. Everything by before the show is over, I'm sure we'll have answers on what. And by, by the way, Carl, you were making fun of the Knicks, and, and what do you say about the Knicks now? The Knicks just made a pretty good trade. They're getting an extra first round draft pick. They're still getting the player that they want, and they still could still land Jaden Ivy. So, what does that tell you about that? Okay, Carl says the Thunder are picking at twelve, which is yes, their pick via the Clippers. And it's funny this article, this last Bleacher Report mock draft actually has Jalen Duran mocked there, so that's pretty funny if that ends up being the case. So if OKC does pick Duran, then it would go to the Knicks, and then this trade is still possible with Detroit, where they would trade the rights later. It just the NBA draft is so weird. They announce the rights, and then. They don't announce the trade until, like, way later, whereas the other leagues, you see them announced earlier. So Josh uh, actually gave me another text, and he says they're stacking picks either for Detroit or Mitchell. So that's what it seems like is going on. So I I don't know what's happening, but it looks like the Knicks trade out of their pick, so they're not getting a pick this year. Uh, Carl, yes, Jaden Ivey is gone. What I'm saying is because – the way the NBA draft sometimes works is they could trade the rights to players later. Then the trade for Ivy is still possible if they can get a good if they can get a good deal with Detroit with Duran included. That's why they might have needed the extra picks. They might be sending one of the other ones, so they wouldn't have to trade maybe one of their other young players. So do the Knicks have the twelfth pick? 
I'm trying to figure that out. They don't they don't really label it well on here because again they they usually announce the rights later and then they'll say proposed trade to that particular team. So I would imagine that's the case because I, I I thought the pick was 14. It's the Cavs, but yeah, OKC is labeled at 12 in the first round. And I think they got one more. Oh, no, they traded their last one to Denver. So, yeah, this would be their last pick in the first round. So I would imagine this would be the Knicks pick. But they're not going to say it until after the pick is made. So It doesn't make any sense. It's really annoying the way they have it structured. The NBA is so weird with the way their draft works. But uh, if, if it is Duran, it'll be very, very interesting on what the Knicks do at that pick if they get number 12. Which, if it is him... It's probably the Knicks pick. Yeah. And and right. they're probably looking to trade uh, with Detroit for Jaden Ivey. Uh, it's not a – what does he say? Uh, Carl says Waj, they have the th- Waj said they have the Thunder pick here. Okay, so it is this pick. So that's good. Thank you, Carl, for that. And, yeah, yes, Jaden Ivey is gone, but it's still going to be a part of the trade. If if the Thunder select Duran here for the Knicks, don't be surprised if it's still part what of the trade. What is Jeff it's, saying over here? It's it, not a part of the trade. What does that mean, Jeff? I, we, I don't know. We don't know. We <laughs> We, we don't know. I, I've got Waz's Twitter on re- refresh, basically, trying to see what's going on here. But, if yes, if Carl, if, you, if you're indeed right, th- thank you for that. The Thunder pick will go to the Knicks, and the Knicks could use it for something else. And maybe it is Donovan Mitchell. That's also possible as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, all right. So here's another one. Now, now this one, this recent tweet says it's not part of the Knicks trade. It isn't. Uh, and they're going to select Jalen Williams here. So maybe not. Maybe it's a different first-round pick. Maybe it's uh, next, next year. year. Next year. It looks like the Knicks traded out of the pick because they weren't planning to draft. They didn't like uh, where they were selecting, and none of the guys that were, they were interested at uh, at number eleven. So they traded. So maybe out it's of that a twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, and twenty five, maybe or something like that. I don't know what the Knicks are doing. Oh, oh but OKC has multiple firsts. Maybe it's two next year too. It could be very easily that. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we won't, we won't know what happens probably until tomorrow, probably within 24 hours. We'll know what picks the Knicks are going to get. But um, it's a, it's not a shock that the Knicks traded out of that pick. Uh, it's To me, when you look at the position that the Knicks are in, it, it wasn't a make or break at, at number 11. It wasn't make or break at the position that they were drafting in. If they were, were drafting at five or six and they were trading out of that spot, then yeah. a lot of Knicks fans would probably be very, very upset. But again, uh, who knows? We we all don't know what's going on with the New York Knicks. <laughs> so why don't we get into the 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 Kyrie Irving uh, saga right now? Which Kyrie Irving over the last twenty four to forty eight hours? What is he saying over here? What is the breaking news over here? The, the Knicks, Knicks chose not to be a part of the draft this year because they're so awful at drafting. Okay, uh, John and John Sugg says I would pick Mark Williams over Duran. Duran has foul trouble and struggled against the rim. I don't think the Knicks are taking either one of them. It's just, it was just for the trade if the trade was going to happen. All right, so we're going to get off the draft right now. We'll find out in the next probably hour or two hours, maybe until tomorrow, where the Knicks are going. Speedy will look into it. As we move forward in the show, we'll get answers on what the Knicks are doing and what the Knicks got in packages or in that package uh, for for the trade with OKC. So obviously, Jaden Ivey is not going to the Knicks, but maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe maybe there could be a, something that comes out uh, in the next couple hours where the Knicks do get Jaden Ivey. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to get into this Kyrie Irving situation because. Honestly, we sit here and we talk about Kyrie Irving. We've been talking about Kyrie Irving the last couple of weeks. And to me, it's just getting more and more interesting with this Kyrie Irving situation with Brooklyn. And the reason why it's more interesting is because now he's picking teams that he's been, he'll be willing to go and be traded to. 
But all three, all six, I'm sorry, four to six teams that he's interested in going to, all of them are over the salary cap. Now, we sit here today, and obviously the Knicks are one of those teams. If you're a Knicks fan right now, well, you are, and you were sitting here and you were the GM of this team right now, would you make a move for Kyrie Irving? And any Knicks fan sitting here that knows anything about basketball would probably tell you no. Because Kyrie Irving has been a cancer everywhere he's gone. We've talked about this since Tuesday. Now, the question is, with these six teams, where does he fit the best? So we'll go through all six of these teams, and I'm going to tell you why one of these teams make a lot of sense. The Lakers, obviously the top team right now where he probably wants to go, mainly because LeBron James is there, maybe because he has won a championship with LeBron James, he's been successful with LeBron James, and they still have Anthony Davis set up with LeBron James. You have your 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 triple, I guess you could your trio over there. You have your point guard now. You have LeBron at the end of his tail end of his career, and you have Anthony Davis, who hasn't played well for the last two years because of injury. You look at the Lakers right now, and you could sit here today. Are the Lakers a championship competitive team as we speak right now? The answer would be no. If they land Kyrie Irving, does that change everything? Does that change your thought on what the Lakers are as a contender? And the answer would be yes. The only player that we have seen be controlled by LeBron James is Kyrie Irving. The only player that Kyrie Irving has listened to over the last six years is LeBron James. And that's why Kyrie and LeBron James won a championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers. We look at the Lakers right now and we look at some of the you know the moves that they've made so far, which is going to be extensive because this team is not ready to win. I don't think you'll see Russell Westbrook there next year. I don't think you'll see Carmelo Anthony there next year. I would say you'll see a lot of these veterans completely disappear on this roster. So where do they go? Do they have youngsters that can come off the bench that are going to develop with players like Kyrie and and play with LeBron and and Anthony Davis? The answer would probably be no because they traded all of those guys away to get Anthony Davis. So are... Is Kyrie Irvin the perfect fit? Is Kyrie Irvin the missing piece that's going to help the Lakers get over the hump again and win another title? And the answer would be no. So it wouldn't be the Lakers. I know a lot of people probably thought I would pick the Lakers, but it wouldn't be the Lakers. Then there's the Clippers. You sit here today, Paul George wasn't 100% healthy this year. We have not seen... Uh, their super superstar and Speedy, you know who I'm talking about Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard hasn't played in about a year and a half because of injury, tearing his ACL. He'll be back this year with some of the pieces that they had throughout the season, some of the depth at the guard position. You would think, hmm, does Kyrie Irving make sense over here with the LA Clippers? And and, and you look at the roster and you look at the players that they have. 
Does anybody think Kyrie Irving would work very well with Kawhi Leonard? And more than likely, if you know anything about basketball, you would know that would be a no. So the Clippers wouldn't be a team either that I would say makes a huge it makes it makes Kyrie a huge fit for them. Now the New York Knicks. You look at the Knicks right now, they're a rebuilding team. They have a bunch of youngsters. They have, obviously, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett. They have some good shooters all around the perimeter. Big whoop. They have some youngsters, Grimes and Obi Toppin and Quigley. They've got guys. Not developed yet. You add Kyrie Irving to this team. Are they a contender? When you look at this roster as from top to bottom, you put a point guard of this magnitude on this roster, which, by the way, the Knicks haven't had a point guard this good. I don't remember when yeah. the last time they had a point guard. Walt Clive Frazier. Does this put them over the top in the Eastern Conference? How about this? Does this make the Knicks a fourth seed? The answer? No. Does he fit over there? There's no way the Knicks could bring in a player of this magnitude with has a strong personality when you already have a personality right now on the team that's been prob- problematic with some of the youngsters, and that's Julius Randle. So Kyrie Irving is not a good fit for the New York Knicks, so I would say no to the New York Knicks. The Heat. You look at the Heat right now, they're over the salary cap big time. He, they would be a huge, perfect fit. By the way, Kyrie Irving and, and obviously Butler are very good friends. They wanted to play in New York together. A couple of years ago, they were talking about Butler and Kyrie uh, you know, joining forces to play in with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. But guess what? They re-signed Kyle Lowry. They gave him an extension. They paid, what's his name again? The big man. Out of bio. Out of bio, a lot of money. 180, 170 million yeah. a max contract. There's no way they have the money to pay Kyrie Irving a max deal. So the Heat would be a no. But before you get to the next team, I just want to say uh, Jalen Duran just got drafted by the Hornets. So I guess that lessens the chances of that trade happening. Mm-hmm. Now let's go to the 76ers. A team that I wouldn't be surprised about. But, (laughs) by the way, Harden was not too fond of Kyrie Irving when he was over there with the Nets. One of the reasons why James Harden wanted to be traded. Now, if you're sitting here today, why would James Harden want Kyrie Irving to be going over there to the 76ers unless he was traded for him again, which that won't happen. Because James Harden doesn't want to play in Brooklyn. He doesn't want to play with Kevin Durant. He doesn't want to play with Kyrie Irving. So they're not going to trade Kyrie for James Harden. That's not going to happen. So that means they're going to be playing together again if that happens. So it doesn't make any sense over there. Plus, they're over the salary cap big time. They're overpaying Harris. They paid James Harden. James Harden is making 40 a year for the next two years. They paid Embiid. A lot of money, max yeah, contract. Million, yeah. They don't have the money. And they're going to have to pay Maxi soon, too. Mm-hmm. Who's their second best player, by the way. <laughs> so it's not the 76ers. So it leaves one team. And this is the team that I think he fits the best with. 
Why? I'll tell you why. Mark Cuban is a very strong personality. He's an owner that demands respect, not only from his players, but from the organization as a whole. And with Luka Doncic there, Luka taking him all the way to the Western Conference Finals with practically nothing, with a bunch of add-on pieces, it shows you that they're one piece away, one player away to maybe take them over the hump. Now, is it Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving has been proven to be a good playoff player, 100%. He has been a good playoff player his whole career. Even in that series against... um, Uh, The Celtics, he played well. Was he at the top of his game? No, but he averaged about 23 points, 24 points a game, four or five assists a game. He gave you some rebounds. He did everything that you expected Kyrie Irving to do. He just doesn't play defense. By the way, his favorite player of all time is the head coach of that team, Jason Kidd. Why do you think Kyrie mentioned the Mavericks? Because Jason Kidd is the coach of that team. There is a lot of thought on why. By the way, Brunson's gone next year. Mm -hmm. They're not re-signing Jalen Brunson. They have money on the cap right now. If they get rid of Brunson. Because they're not going to re-sign him. So they're going to have a little bit of money to spend. Now they're going to have to move maybe one or two pieces to get him. Which they definitely could do. Mm -hmm. It makes a lot of sense why Kyrie Irvin fits the best, Speedy, with Dallas. Uh, just to read some of the comments, John says Miami's eligible to three, tr- trade three first-round picks, 2022, 2023, and 2028. Put them on Dallas. That would help them even more where they had in the salary cap. They shedded a lot of the bad contracts they had, John. Uh, Carl is saying, I hope Duran would drop to the Bulls. Uh, Jeff says, could the Knicks get nobody in the draft? Well, they're going to get multiple picks, Jeff. And I am reading stories everywhere, Carl says. And we got Brian Snow on the phone. Brian, what's going on, bud? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Good. good how man. are you? How you feeling? Much, much better. A lot stronger now. Good, good, good. What would you like to talk about, bud? Um, first of all, y'all do a great show. I'm an, active li- I'm an active listener. Second of all... This is just my strange opinion, but I don't think Kyrie's going to go anywhere. Either do I. But if, if, if and I, I'm going to tell you this out of all those teams that he has mentioned, it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense why the Mavericks would be the team if he does move on somewhere else. Because they, Jason Kidd's over there. That's his favorite player. He, that's why he wanted to play for Brooklyn. And he wanted to bring them home a championship, something that Jason couldn't do. Um, mm-hmm. Luka Doncic is a big superstar. He's an up-and-coming superstar. He's proven to be one of the best players in the league. And Jalen Brunson is going to be gone next year, so they're going to need a point guard. It makes a lot of sense why the Mavericks, out of all those teams, are the best fit for him. Plus, he's going to the Western Conference, and and the Brooklyn Nets don't have to play him. They're barely going to see him. So it makes a lot of sense. He's not going to 76ers because James Harden can't stand him. The Knicks are not taking him. There's no way the Knicks are going to do that. It would Mm -hmm. piss off the fan base. The Lakers, it makes sense, but the Lakers have no money, and I think LeBron James wants his way out of that place. He doesn't want to be there. And and Within a year, LeBron's – I think within a year, LeBron's going to be long gone. 
From there, I think so too. He he wants to uh, play with his son Bronny, mm-hmm. and I have my thoughts about that, and I'll express those tomorrow. But Dallas does team wise make the most sense for Kyrie, but the problem is, I don't think I don't think Brooklyn wants to part ways with him. Like I said, strange opinion on my part, but how does Brooklyn swing this? I think with with um, with Brooklyn and and the position that Brooklyn is in, I I don't think if if Kyrie's gone, I think KD is going to be gone too, and that means they're going mm-hmm. to be in that rebuilding stage again, and that means Sean Marks will probably be on his way out because he traded away practically means, their future for James Harden, which who's means, no longer with the team. Which which means the basic trade of James Harden coming to the Nets bought them. Exactly the time frame that a lot of people, myself included, said, which was basically 18 months. You were right on that. Yep. You were and right on that. Done, and they've done nothing with those 18 months. I mean, the, the the furthest they got was a game seven where they ran out of gas. It's so in the second, in the second round. It's so interesting when, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets and how, how quick they fall. Okay. It, right. And, and, and you look at Kevin Durant, who left the Golden State Warriors to win a championship on his own or, you know, obviously band together with another superstar where he can actually dethrone maybe the Golden State Warriors or dethrone one of those Eastern Conference teams because it was an easy way to the finals. That's what LeBron James did all those years when he went to Cleveland and he stayed with the Heat because he knew the Eastern Conference was strong, uh, not as strong as the Western Conference. So Mm -hmm. that's what KD did. So he went to the Eastern Conference and he thought he was going to win multiple championships with the Brooklyn Nets. Then they decided to trade away pieces like Karis LeVert and and all the different pieces that they made for James Harden, which I knew was going to set this team back because this same thing Billy King did when he did this to the Nets when when they brought in – When he got Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett Mm -hmm. and I believe Jason Terry. Jason Mm -hmm. Terry. It completely dethroned the Brooklyn Nets and and put the Nets right down to the bottom of the, the food chain. Now you look at the Nets right now. They're in the same position, probably in a worse position than they were at that time. Because at mm-hmm. least at that time, when they did that, they 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 brought in a guy. They knew they were going to bring in a guy that was going to rebuild, and nobody was going to put pressure on them on you know winning right away. Now yeah. you expected them to win in the next three years. You lose Kyrie Irving. You lose KD. And now mm-hmm. all you have to show for your team is Ben Simmons. What does that tell you as an organization? Yeah, they risk they they mortgage their future. I've said this about the Los Angeles Rams a few times on my show. They've mortgaged their future now three separate times and have gotten no return on it. None. But the Rams have won a championship, so they well, can the, mortgage. And the Rams have filled in well late with that, their draft that's picks. The, that, well, that's the dif- that's the difference with the Rams mortgaging their future. They did win a championship. Um, when I said nothing to show for it, I meant the Brooklyn Nets. Right. Well, right. Yeah. No, no I remember. I remember, I remember all your Facebook posts during the playoffs. You called them the Brooklyn Nets, and I loved it. <laughs> well, look, Stephen A. famously said, and I put the word famously in quotes. <laughs> they're not trying to come here to fit in. They're coming to take over. Okay, I, I didn't sit and wait with bated breath for that to happen because. I knew better, okay? And a lot of people are starting to know better now 
than they did when they first made the move to Barclays Center. And on that note, I better call it. I better call it a night. And uh, I'm gonna get get me some rest here. But it's good talking with you guys as always. I will check in again soon. Brian, thank you for to- uh, calling the show, and thank you for uh, giving your share insight on Kyrie Irving. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Brian Snow, a.k.a. Snowman in the Morning. Uh, you can check him out. Uh, he, he puts on a great show. He knows his stuff. Uh, we're waiting for Josh to call. Yes, so, he's been trying to call. I was, so, I was so giving Brian his time. I, I know. Josh, call back. Josh wants to call back, and I, I'll, I'll make sure that he knows. But, Speedy, what are your thoughts to the whole Mavericks thing? Am, am I right or wrong? Does the Mavericks make a lot of sense? Well, uh, Mavericks make a lot of sense cap-wise, and it's the only team, like you said, with Durant that probably fits Durant in as well if he wants to go play there. Now Josh has arrived. Josh, what's going on, man? What's going on, guys? What a weird night for the Knicks, huh? Like, you, you you get the kid from France, then you trade him. Everybody's thinking Ivy. Then they just they just traded Kemba Walker's full contract to Detroit with the kid. Uh, who they? I mean, like Charlotte picks somebody, uh, Duran or whatever his name is, the center. And then he went to the Knicks, and the Knicks included him in the deal with Kemba to Detroit, so they could go after Jalen Br- like uh, the point guard Brunts. Like, uh, it's too much. I mean, this is it's it's crazy how these reporters don't even know every all the whole facts of what everybody's getting. First off, they don't even they can't even sniff what the NFL reporters do. The it's N- not even the NBA, close. Oh, oh, you're talking about the NFL reporters? I got you. Oh, it's NBA. not even close. Yeah, the NBA reporters have no idea. I, I think. The, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish up. What you're no, saying. no, no. I was just gonna say really quick that it's just it, it's just ridiculous that it took seven or eight minutes for them to tell us who the Knicks got in the. Oklahoma City trade, and when the NFL makes a trade, it gets done in like five seconds. Okay, so yeah. so what do I think the Knicks are doing right now? The Knicks right now knew that that 11th pick wasn't going to do anything for them. They had no chance of getting Jaden Ivey. I guess that fell apart uh, when Sacramento drafted who they drafted at number four. And Detroit obviously is not looking to ma- make a move on trading Jaden Ivey. So – they didn't think that any piece was good enough at number 11 that can help build this team or help fit in with the team that they have right now. So I believe the Knicks were going to trade out of that pick uh, because they didn't think that this draft was has enough depth. Uh, I believe that this, this draft was seven high. I, I think all seven players went in the top seven or top eight. And that was it. And I don't think the Knicks thought there was any game changers in this draft. So they moved out. They traded the pick away. They got an extra first-round draft pick or you know, in the future. And with OKC giving them that pick, that could be a lottery pick in the future. So I think that what the Knicks are looking at is they're trying to get rid of pieces, trying to get rid of contracts because I think they're going to go after Jalen Brunson. That's more than likely going to happen. And I, I don't. I do not count the Knicks out of getting Donovan Mitchell if it becomes available, Josh. No, I agree with you 100%. That's what, and that's what it seems to be the consensus report out there, right? Everybody assumed it was going to, it was all Ivy's coming to the Knicks when you heard, because they took the kid that the, the center from Memphis that Detroit wanted. Mm-hmm. And then the Knicks got him from Charlotte, then the Knicks packaged him with Kemba Walker's contract to Detroit to get off that contract from Walker so they could go all in on Brunson. That, that's easily what they're trying to do right now. And now they have these assets 
like you said, I, with the Knicks, it's a wait and see for me at this point. They've scarred me enough where I've heard big names are going to come here. And- Would you be upset if they didn't draft at 11 and they didn't go after Jaden Ivey and they got somebody like Brunson? Was that would that be would that make you mad as a Nick fan to get a guy like Brunson, especially the way he played in the playoffs and how, how the season that really turned out for him playing in Dallas with Luka Doncic? I wanted I wanted uh, Johnny Davis. Yeah, he went not just a pick before. <laughs> I saw him mock to the Knicks so many times. I was thinking of you with that. Uh, you know what the, you, Wisconsin and you, and you to know, Knicks. You, you know what's going to happen now, right? Like you guys know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? The the pick before the Knicks. That guy's going to become a superstar. It happens every time. Okay. It does it, every time there's the one pick before the Knicks, that guy becomes great every single time. So I don't think I the Knicks will go. I don't think if he was sitting there at number 11, I don't think the Knicks draft him. And that's not. So what I, what I did read was that Leon Rose was a huge fan of his. And so was Thibodeau because he's a very – because what he could do is he's a shooter. But another thing he does is he comes from a system in Wisconsin, which is all about defense. Mm-hmm. And that's something that obviously Tibbs, you know. I was surprised the Spurs didn't take him. Uh, I thought Carl, the Spurs were going to take him. Carl says that the Pistons traded for Duran. So I, I don't know what that's going on. I, I, I What does that mean? He, they traded for Duran. So are they trading Jaden Jade Ivey? What, what's going on with that? I, I don't know. Speedy no, Lift wait, you talking about, are, you, are you talking about Jaden Duran? Yeah, they tra- They 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 just <clears throat> traded for him. That's what Carl Yeah, the Pistons saying. there. Yeah, from the Knicks. Well, hold on one second. The, the, the Knicks didn't draft him. No, they didn't. The no, Charlotte drafted sent- him and then uh, traded him to Detroit. Uh, the Pistons got the... Pistons are sending the Hornets 2025 first round pick in the in the Duran trade. And yeah, so Duran then goes to yeah, Duran goes to the Pistons from the Hornets. It didn't say I don't see the return package yet for the Hornets what they got, but they just made another pick already in yeah, Mark because Shams because Shams said that the Knicks got him from Charlotte and then traded him with the Kemba Walker deal to Detroit. Yeah, it looks it looks like he's with Detroit either way. I, I just see, this is what I'm talking about. You got Shams and Walsh are the two biggest NBA reporters out there, and they don't even freaking know what the hell they're talking about. Well, because maybe I mean, I mean it's a joke. So Pitts, uh, Carl says though the Pistons get Ivy and Durant. That's a pretty good draft for mm-hmm. them. That's a great draft for them. Are you kidding me? I mean, like I said, because apparently the Hornets drafted Durant, went to the Knicks. The Knicks and then sent Durant and Kemba to. Detroit, but Ivy was not in the deal. It was essentially to get off the salary and to get um, to, to just like I said, to dump Kemba's contract to swing the deal. That was essentially what it sounds like. Uh, again, I, I don't know what the Knicks are doing, but we're, we're not Leon Rose. I have no idea. We're not Tom <laughs> Thibodeau. We're not that organization. I, 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 I don't wanna... think we all, I don't think any of us know who Leon Rose is, Errol, because I... he doesn't, he's like, the, he's like the Phantom of the Opera. You don't freaking come out. Um, Here's the thing. I I I'm not going to jump off a cliff because the Knicks didn't make they they didn't make a draft they didn't have a draft pick. I think what the Knicks are doing is they're trying to uh, find the players that are going to help them win now. And obviously at number eleven, whoever was sitting there at eleven, if it was Duran or anybody else, they didn't think that those guys. They have a lot of young players as it is. They, they didn't need the eleventh pick. They didn't. They, they, they didn't need another, the only guy oh, they needed was Ivy. They Ivy was the guy. They didn't need another young player right now. No. They need a player that can actually help R.J. Barrett. They need a point guard. And if if Ivy was the guy and they thought he was the guy and he fell out and they couldn't get him, they needed to yeah, find. They, they obviously think Bronson was number two. 
And that's yeah, who they're they going to go after. They tried to get Ivy. They tried to get Ivy. It didn't work. Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, it's very tough to trade up from 11 to 5 in a draft that's, you know, depth-wise, you have a good top five or six players, and then it gets interesting after that. It's a crapshoot at that point. It, 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 to, to everybody else, it was it, – uh, to me, I, I, I never thought it was realistic. I thought they were going to have to trade everything and then some to get that fifth pick to Detroit. Like you're talking top and you're talking quickly plus draft picks, all this stuff. It would have just gotten to be too much of a package where it just, I don't think they could have recovered from all that because you're talking about guys they've drafted the last couple of years and it goes kaput and you're putting all your eggs in one basket. And as great as Jordan, I, you know, Jane Ivy might be. And I do think, and I, I don't want to talk to you today. I think he's going to be a superstar in this league. I really do. I, I, I think it's just too risky to trade all that for a guy that hasn't played an NBA game yet. And I agree with you. And, and Carl says, total Nick fan statement. We don't need a top 15 pick. Come on, Josh. And what do you, what do you, what, what does he mean by not having a, not having a top? Dude, we've had top 10 picks the last six years. They don't I, really try I, to. They, I, I mean, what, what, is it, what does he mean, dude? The you Knicks are drafted in the top 10 every freaking season. And you know what really bothers me about the Knicks and, and, and the NBA and with these lotteries? The, you have the Golden State Warriors. They had one bad season and they get a top three pick. They had mm. one bad season because of injuries, because Clay Thompson, everything like that. They got a top three pick. They got arguably the best player in that draft. I know he hasn't been 100% healthy, but when he comes back and he's 100% healthy, that, that team's going to be even more scarier. So it, it, th- when was the last time the Knicks got a top three pick? I don't remember the last time. Well, R.J. Barrett. That was, a, yeah. that was it. R.J. Barrett was the only, the only time in probably the last 20 years we've seen a Knicks, uh, uh, the Knicks get a top three pick. And RJ I mean, Barrett- listen, I, I, I just don't get what Carl means by the top 15 thing. I mean, Errol, you know this. How long, yeah. how many years in a row have the Knicks had a top 15 pick? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Cause, <laughs> it's every cause, freaking year. Because it seems like every time the Knicks get a top 15 pick, they never turn out to be anything. The only person that looks like he's turning out to be something is RJ. Now, Obi Toppin looks good, you know, the little bit that we've seen him. Quickly, who wasn't a top top 15 pick, he was a late first-round draft pick. I mean, he's been a steal for the Knicks so far. We'll see what he turns out to be. Some people thought he was going to be a C.J. McCollum. I, I don't know if he has the ball-handling skill to do, to be that, uh, but he's also undersized as a shooting guard, so they have to move him to the one. And um, Grimes, I would love to see what this kid's going to be, but uh, I a lot of people try to compare his skill to his shooting skill and the way he releases the ball like Jordan Booker. If he's anywhere like – I mean Jordan Booker, Devin like Booker. Devin, but Devin Booker. If he's anything like Devin Booker – I think Jordan Booker was a creative player in NBA 2K. <laughs> I didn't know where that was if, going. If, if he's anything like Devin Booker, which, by the way, is no longer with uh, a Kardashian anymore, <laughs> so that's good. God he, bless him. Yeah. So now he'll – He'll become even bigger of a superstar now that he's not with a Kardashian. Yeah, <laughs> get on your Devin Booker MVP odds. Uh, and like and like I said, it's it's nothing about not having. There were players that I wanted. Carl, he Porzingis. They were all just Porzingis. They were all just. They were taken. Porzingis <laughs> was. Porzingis was a fourth pick, and that's what I'm saying. He wasn't a top three pick. And Porzingis, a lot of people thought they were reaching with Porzingis at four. He turned out to be a pretty good player at four, which by the way hasn't won anywhere since the Knicks. And the Knicks were supposed to have. The second highest odds that draft and fell to Let me ask you this question. Do you think this kid from France that they traded to OKC, do you think he's going to be anything? No. I don't think so. It's, I mean, that, that, that's, that, that, then that's the point, right? Like, at, once Davis was picked, because there were a couple guys I liked 
they were all gone. So at that point, it's almost like, and if you if you're Leon Rose, you're thinking, listen, I have I I, I can get a proven commodity who's a not a great player, not a superstar, but he's a very good quality player in Brunson who had a nice playoff and everything like that. If I can add him to this team, you know, because the team hasn't had a freaking point guard on this team since uh, who? Who knows? Charlie Ward. You know, like Chris I mean, Childs. I mean, who, yeah, I was just going to say, Chris Childs. Nobody in our lifetime, Josh. I was going to say, so that's, that's the point, right? You have to understand that what Leon Rose is trying to do is, and listen, is he right? I don't know. Because, like I said, I, I, I just got nauseous reading Twitter for the last 10 minutes. Well, twenty different things right. were being written he, about the Knicks. He is right. You know why he's right? Because the Knicks need a point guard in this offense. They need a guy that's going to be able to bring the ball up and, and dominate double teams. And Jalen Brunson showed you in the playoffs that he could be that guy. Now, I don't know if he can do that consistently, week in, day in, day out, playing in Madison Square Garden. That's something that we have to see if he can do. But I, I think that losing out on Ivy, that was their second option. I think they were very interested in Jalen Brunson. We all know that they're still very much interested in Donovan Mitchell. If they fall short with Jalen Brunson, that means they're going to go heavily in with this Donovan Mitchell thing if he becomes available. Right now, he doesn't look like he's available. It looks like they're trading Rudy Gobert. That's the guy that they want to move. They want to build their team around Donovan Mitchell. And as long as Dwayne Wade is a part of that ownership right there, he's going to do everything he can to keep Donovan Mitchell there in Utah. Uh, Carlos, well, listen, a thing guys, for go, you, go, Josh. Really quick, I'll let you guys go. Go go, finish your show. I'm, I'll continue listening and watching. Thanks, and uh, Josh, Carl just had a quick response on, right? for you. Uh, Absolutely. So because picking the wrong player year in and year out, you devalue the pick. Come on, that is a management problem, not a spot in the draft issue, he says. To no, you. I don't devalue the No, I don't devalue the pick. But what I do devalue is the fact that when there's a guy on their board that's not there anymore, what do you want them to do? You want them to just pick a player out of a hat and say, "Here you go, go, go for it." And they've done that for I mean, years. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, what do you want them to do? I mean, this is something that they've done night in every freaking season. They do this every time. There's and you hear it at the end of every draft, right? Every single time when whether it was, I, 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 what do you think about it? Whether it was Donnie Walsh, whether it's Leon Rose, whether it was anybody else who was the president of the team. Oh, we had this guy high on our list, but you know he was taken right before. So we we still had a very you know what's his name we picked is still high on our on our draft board and stuff like that. So we took him and everything. Do you know how many times the Knicks have freaking thrown darts at the wall and said, "Oh, let's see if this sticks," <laughs> and, and never does. And I'm not saying to, to value the pick, but if they feel that there's a guy like a Jalen Brunson that's going to help this team rather than a guy in this draft that you don't feel comfortable and that's going to develop. Then you're going to go with the guy that has, first off, been in the league, 25 years old. He's done it already. He led a team to the Western Conference Finals. It, I mean, that's you. You got to you got to compare the two. It's apples to oranges when you're saying that. The, I'm saying that the pick is the value. What I'm trying to say is, you're going to go with the guy that is a 25 year old kid. They just took a team to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and not only and that, it's not a great point guard draft with. either. So. Uh, it's so, more valuable than the kid from France who they right. drafted. I yeah. mean, what the freak are we doing here? Fred Katz says on Twitter, a big part of the trading, trading Kemba Walker, if the Knicks renounce Ryan uh, Ardicono, uh, cap hold, and wave Todd Gibson, whose 2022-23 salary is non-guaranteed, 
they can open up with $20 million, cap, $20 million on, of cap room. So which means they could either go after Jalen Brunson or they'll have that cap room to make a move for Donovan Mitchell. So, so, so it's either it's either one or the other. Yes, mm-hmm. they can't get both. So then that's, they well, pick they could trade. One. They could trade Julius Randle. So they, they, yes, they, <laughs> they, they could. Easier said than done. Well, just, said than well done. obviously you're gonna have to throw a play. You're gonna have to put picks in, and that's why they traded with OKC and they got an extra first round draft pick. So if and that that draft pick could be a very important draft a draft pick in the future because OKC is not going to be good for a while. They're gonna. They're still gonna be a very bad team. So that pick, whatever it is, is it is it their pick or somebody else's pick? That's what I want to know. Because if it is their pick a year from now, that could be very much a top three, top but four you pick. See, before I leave, isn't that the problem? We don't even know who the Knicks got from OKC. No, they're all of a sudden it's multiple mean, first round I mean, picks. What is it? They announced the trade and then they don't even tell. Yep. But like this is it's a joke. It's been almost twenty over twenty minutes. No, because nobody know what it is. Well, they, like Speedy said, it, he said it was multiple first-round draft picks, right. so it could be. We two. just don't know which years they are yet. Well, well, exactly, but that's the important thing. What years are they? Right? Are you telling me twenty twenty-four and twenty twenty-seven? I mean, or, or are you no, telling me next year? No, or I think it, I would say it's one of them is definitely next year. It has to be one of them mm. next year. Oh, well, I hope so. And you know. uh, which which could be very important if they're going to make a move for Donovan Mitchell. Because listen, if if the Knicks have a chance for Donovan Mitchell, they're going to have to trade multiple first-round draft picks for just ju- just to even talk to Utah. Then you're going to have to throw in maybe an Opie Toppin, a Manuel Quigley, and somebody else, or a Robinson, a Mitchell Robinson, to get him. And, and maybe Julius Randle, because you're going to have to get rid of that salary. So they're going to have to... They're gonna have to really be smart on on making a move, and they still could get they could still get Bronson and still get uh, Donovan Mitchell. I absolutely believe they can get both of them. The question is, is Leon Rose smart enough to make and pull off a trade like that or trades like that that can change this franchise around? Uh, I don't know. And we have seen GMs and owners. Uh, owner of the New York Knicks completely screw up everything about the New York Knicks. So is it possible is it possible they're not they don't screw up on this? I, I would say there is a seventy percent chance they're gonna screw up on this. By the way, the Thunder drafts capital for next year, they have five first round picks. Two of them, the Nuggets and the Pistons, are top fourteen protected. So they have their own, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Wizards, and the Pistons first round picks next year. Two of those are top uh, top 15, 14 protected, lottery protected. And then twenty twenty four they multiple have multiple picks is how many? They have uh, what do they mean by multiple? Is that three? Multiple? Yeah, so multiple it doesn't it didn't specify in the tweet. All it said was multiple. I'm just giving you an idea of what the yeah, Thunder draft stock if, looks if like. If they're saying multiple, it has to be over three. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, if they're gonna if they're gonna be able to take on Kemba Walker's contract and then make all those trades, yeah, I would imagine that ends up being the case. And then 2024, they have their own the, the Rockets. Knicks gave multiple chance. No, no, hold on. The Knicks that? are getting multiple first that's round what, picks. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Right. So you I'm, said taking Kemba Walker's contract. Well, yeah, Detroit about? did that as part of the deal. Maybe they might be giving one too. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It says OKC's definitely giving multiple though. I would imagine that would be three with all the stock that they have. Five first round picks next year. They still have. Uh, they have still have three in 2024 as well. Their own, the Rockets and the Clippers from the Russell Westbrook trade and the Paul George trade as well. So uh, the Clippers one is also protected top 14 lottery pick as well. So a lot of value to be looking at with all those. Also, what's very interesting about this is you sit here today as a New York Knicks fan. Next year, if the Knicks have mo- – let's say the Knicks have two first-round draft picks that are in a lottery, okay? Their own, which quite possibly could happen again. 
and let's say OKCs, and one of those guy, one of those picks either fall at six, and the other one falls at let's say eight, okay, or nine. They could trade up in the top three mm-hmm. to get the player that they want. Right. And next year's draft supposedly is going to be have more depth than it was this year. So I don't know what's going to happen next year. And Bronny is not going to be in the draft next year, just so everybody knows, because he's still. I think he's a senior. Is he a senior next year? I, think I thought he's a, so. Yeah, he's a senior next year. So, and then he's he, he's going to have to decide if he's going to play. By the way, really quick before I leave, it yeah. was a three-team deal between the Knicks, the Hornets, and the Pistons. Okay, so that that means they're mm. going to get they're getting another first-round draft pick for that, obviously. Mm. So, but I'll let you guys finish. I, I, yeah. I don't want to keep you on for too long. I know you have other guests coming on stuff like that. But That's fine. Thanks, guys, for Thanks, putting man. me on. I appreciate Josh. it. Harold, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, man. Yes, man. I know. Yeah. I know. Josh is not very happy about what the Knicks did. Okay, and I understand. No, I, 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 I'm not happy. You know, it's it's. I, I really want the Johnny Davis, honestly. I mean, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted him too at the time. I, was... I just want the Johnny Davis just to stick it to Errol. That's what I really wanted. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was the best player on the I board mean, at that time. Great. I don't blame you. I mean, listen, I, listen. The guy I really wanted was Ivy. I, I don't know what the Knicks are doing at this point. I have to wait and see. This just seems all like just. It was just all over the place in the last half. I have a feeling that you're going to like what the Knicks do, what 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 they're doing. I I haven't liked what the Knicks have done in almost twenty five and twenty years. (laughs) So we'll see about that. All right, Josh (laughs) Silverberg. There you go. Uh, He's not happy. Okay, (laughs) it it makes a lot of sense that he's not happy. And I I think if you're sitting here today uh, and seeing what the Knicks have done so far, you probably wouldn't be happy. But again, if they're getting multiple first round draft picks for for the deal at 11 trading back then play then trading with the hornets and the and, and opening up salary room uh sending Kemba Walker to the Detroit Pistons I think I think the Knicks know what they're doing I think what they're doing is they're trying to create more draft stock remember the Knicks still have that extra draft pick from Dallas mm-hmm. okay which is next year and now they have OKC And they have their own next year. They could have legitimately three first-round draft picks next year. Which means if there's a player they really, really want at one, two, or three, somebody that something they couldn't do this year for Jaden Ivey because they were drafting at 11, well, they'll have all the draft stock to move up to get them. Or they'll have that draft stock to trade for Donovan Mitchell. If they really have a chance to get John Donovan Mitchell, because you know Utah's going to want future consideration first round draft picks. Carl says the Knicks need to draft another Wilson Chandler. Josh, haha. Jay Billis, next best available are all guards. Bulls don't need that. They better trade out. Okay, or they get Ty Ty Washington and make the backcourt crowded. Uh, Jeff says the spin has started. We are trading up next year because that draft will be better. Uh, they're trading up the number one. I don't know. Listen. Jeff likes to crack jokes. I know Carl likes to laugh and giggle around because the Knicks have been a, just an absolute catastrophe of an organization. It's great. Snug always makes jokes about the Knicks. Fine. The Knicks have been the laughing stock of the NBA. But guess what? To sit here today and say that the Knicks were wrong for what they did, to get multiple first-round draft picks because there wasn't a player that they liked that was on, uh, you know, on the board when uh, 11 came up, I, I don't think it was a bad move by the Knicks, okay? I, I really don't. Now, again, it, it could smack the Knicks right in the face, but I, I, 
It's hard to believe it's going to smack the Knicks in the face where you look at the position that they were in going into this draft, and they only had the 11th pick, and now they get multiple picks, and the guy that they wanted was off the board. So I'm not upset about it, and I, I don't know why any Knicks fan would be upset that they traded out of that pick when the player that they wanted was already drafted. Carl says, I think the Knicks know what they're doing. Hasn't been something that's been uttered that in decades. Let's hope so. Yes, Carl, we can only hope. But that's a good trade for multiple say, picks. That's good It's start. multiple picks. I mean, it's not like it's you, you got an extra pick. You got three picks. So I don't know where those picks are going to land, but let's look at the Knicks draft stock that they have in the next couple of years. I mean, going into this year, they had seven first-round draft picks in the next four years. Now you add multiple picks. They lost this year. They had, what do they have, 10 in the next seven years? That's yeah, a lot. It, it, it depends on what multiple is for OKC. It could, be, it could add up to that, yeah. It could be a lot. So sitting here today, I, I don't think you're upset at the Knicks for what they did. They're rebuilding this team. They're not winning now. And no start, like Jeff would say, nobody wants to play with the Knicks. Okay, nobody wants to play with the Knicks. So what the Knicks need to do is, like Golden State did, is draft or, you know, draft good players and build around the draft. And that's what the Knicks are trying to do right, right. now. And that's what they should have been trying to do for a while, but they keep deviating it from it all the time. Now, I don't know what Grimes is. I don't know what Quickly is yet. I, I, I think we're starting to learn what Obi Toppin is. Okay. And we know what RJ is. He's going to be a stud. So they need to build around youth and see where, you know, where the, uh, you know, where everything falls, you know. And, and hopefully one of these guys that they draft in the next one or two years become the star that could play beside RJ Barrett for the next 10. And, and then they bring in a free agent next year or two and put themselves right into the playoffs where they can compete with all those Eastern Conference teams. Let's be, let's be honest are beatable teams. Milwaukee, who do they have besides the Greek freak? Come on. I mean, Middleton? I, I, come on. Eric Middleton? Uh, Eric Middleton? Chris Middleton. I mean, sorry, I always say Eric Middleton. Chris Middleton? I, 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 I don't think Chris Middleton is that. First of all, he can't stay healthy. Second of all, he's a shooter. That's what he is. Okay? The Celtics are going to be a dangerous team. They're, they're going to be a dangerous team because they still have Jalen Brown and they still have Jason Tatum. So they're going to be a scary team. They showed you what they could do this year. They still are missing a piece or two to be a champion, as you saw in the finals. Okay? At Miami Heat, they don't have any money. So they're going to lose players in the offseason. So they might lose Tyler Hero. They're going to, look, they're going to lose Victor Oladipo. So their, their, their team is set for what it is right now. So there are teams that are going to have some salary room in the Eastern Conference, a.k.a. the Knicks, where they can, be, they can get better. How much better? Who knows? Uh, before we go to break. A, a, a Drew Holiday. Yeah, Drew Holiday's been great, by the way, Jeff. He's, he's been fantastic. Yeah, before we go to break. Uh, he was get, great in the playoffs, by the way, too. Uh, Walker Kessler, Jeff says, about to see be a steal for somebody that needs rim protection. Yes, I do believe that. All right, uh, when we come back, we will be talking to Duke sophomore quarterback Riley Leonard here on the Sports Loudmouth. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. 631-672-3108 is the number, as everybody knows. We are the Sports Lab Mouse. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app. 
on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Talking a lot about the NBA draft as Knicks fans want to jump off a bridge. Not surprising. I mean, here in New York, uh, even though New York sports is getting better, we have uh, the Yankees and the Mets playing well. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets absolutely falling apart. The Knicks looking like they are the Knicks. <laughs> and um, you have the Giants and the Jets uh, winning in the draft. So uh, maybe there's a bright light somewhere, you know, past the moon or something. Anyways. <laughs> um we have our first guest of the day and our only guest, as I uh, just want to tell all the fans, uh, uh, ex-Bronco and Packer linebacker Darrell Briggs, who's been on the show, uh, is uh, going to take a leave on tonight's show. He'll be back. He'll be on our show Tuesday. Uh, he had to go to his, uh, he forgot his, girl, his daughter's softball game uh, was today, and uh, he, ha- he wants to make sure that he's at the full game. But we do have a guest. We haven't spoken to him about two years. Um, definitely the last time we spoke to him, I was supposed to send him some New York pizza. I know he's got his hands up. I know. I know. (laughs) I I was trying, I I did my research. I was thinking about sending it to you, but everybody that told me to do it, it would be stupid, but uh, I'm going to figure this out, man. I'm going to figure it out. We are now talking to Duke sophomore quarterback, Riley Leonard. What's going on, Riley? Hey, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I'm sorry, man. I know I promised you pizza. We also promised somebody else, and I told uh, who was it? Who's the other guy? Oh yeah, the uh, the the, uh, the offensive, offensive lineman, lineman uh, yeah. Col- was it Colasek? I think it was yes. Appalachian State. I think it was the other one. Yes, and uh, I, I was uh, doing all my research. I I did everything to figure out how I could send you uh, a pizza, you know, in a box <laughs> and a. And I was. It, everybody told me, "You, you're, what are you, an idiot?" I went to. I actually went to the post office, and I said, "If I were to send pizza, how would I be? How how would I go upon doing that?" And they said, "Why would you be sending pizza, you know, uh, to somebody by the mail?" And I said, "I promised somebody I was going to sell." He says, "I don't think that's a good idea, especially with everything yeah. that's going on." So, um, anyways, I'm going to figure it out. We're going to get you some pizza, but I, you definitely uh, need to go. experience it. But. Um, how are you, man? How is Duke? How, how is, uh, you know, everything that was going on with COVID? I, I'm, I'm sure not playing in front of fans or actually seeing the much of fans. But uh, now that you, you have everything going on, you have um, obviously uh, football now. What is it What what is it like over there in Duke and, and how are you feeling? Yeah, so uh, got there around June of last year. Last year was pretty much a blur. We uh, we, we were COVID testing almost every day. Mm. Um we didn't perform very well, but we put that in the past. So this year we got Coach Elko, new coach, new coaching staff. Um, loved Coach Cut and everything like that. But I think this new era, this Elko era that, that we're talking about, um, I think we're really going to move move things um, change and change things up for this program. So it's been great. Uh, had a great spring. It's look, looking pretty optimistic for me and, and my job coming into this next year. Um and then really just just everything starting to roll. We've we've got a lot more um, money into the program, and uh, you know a lot more support from fans as well. So it's it's looking it's looking pretty promising for for Duke football and this next upcoming season. You know what I love about you is you always had a smile on your face when we interviewed you last Absolutely. time, and and it, it's good when you when you see there's 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 a light at the end of the tunnel, and 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 with Duke. 
uh, obviously they're they're known for their collegiate basketball, their their basketball. They're not known for their football, but uh, Daniel Jones came uh, from Duke, and 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 obviously he's, he's slowly but surely, hopefully, going to be successful here in New York with the the Giants under a new regime. And and I yep. think with with you, Riley, what I notice about you is your personality. Uh, you're very educated. Uh, you were, I think you were a four star recruit, and, uh, and and just. Who you are as a person, I, I could tell. But let me ask you this question. Where you see yourself, I mean, with everything going with the portal, uh, being the portals that are open now, it, they, you never could do that. And, and, and a lot of these players, uh, coaches, coaches get fired, and a lot of these players just jump ship and go and play for another team or go play for another coach. Uh, when, obviously, your coach uh, got fired this offseason, what, what kept you over there with Duke? What was the reason why you decided to stay with Duke. Yeah, so the whole portal jumping and, and leaving what I was originally here for is not really my thing. I, I really don't understand that. Um, and, and although the coaches got changed, like none of my teammates changed. These are the same guys that I, I came into the school with and who I fought with every day last year. How could I – I just don't see how I could leave them and tell them, Hey, I'm, I'm jumping shit because the coaches got fired. I didn't, I mean, the, the, the locker room is the biggest part of college football. And when you leave, if you were to leave, you know, the guys that you go to war with every day, I I just doesn't seem possible for me. So that didn't really cross my mind. Hmm. Um, Because regardless, you know, I'm probably going to have a great relationship with the coach um, no matter what. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously that, that worked out um, with the new staff, but, I mean, I wouldn't want to leave Duke for my teammates. And then the education, of course. Of course. Set up for life. So, I mean, you don't want to blow this opportunity um, at this type of school. So you actually did get some game experience. Six total games played last year through one touchdown, one interception, had 381 passing yards in a backup role. So what were the, the biggest things that you learned in your time on the field so far when it came to either reading the defenses or learning about the difference of the college and the high school game? What was that kind of effect like when you stepped on the field? Yeah, so uh, I learned that the the hits are <laughs> they're not exaggerated when they tell you these dudes can hit. Uh, <laughs> got my head blown off a couple of times, but was able to bounce back up. But golly, um, um, in reality, with the reads and stuff, they're not too much different from high school. I mean, football is still football. You're still going to see your base coverages. Um, the hardest thing as a quarterback is knowing what to do before the ball is snapped. So. Uh, you know, reading the defense, looking at the fronts, knowing your audibles, knowing your checks. That's the hardest thing about quarterback. Making the throws is probably the easiest thing. I don't know if you, you guys interview quarterbacks that much, but, I mean, when you know where to go with the ball, making the throw is the easiest part. Um, the pre-snap reads are just not as easy as, you know, you would think. Um, but, yeah, in, in-game experience was great. Uh, didn't Didn't really have nerves. Uh, coming into any game, which was kind of surprising to me. But, I mean, once you're out there, it's it's the same game you've been playing since you were six years old, just with a lot bigger guys that hit. <laughs> I said a whole lot harder. So, As everybody yeah. knows, we are talking to Duke sophomore quarterback Riley Leonard. Riley, the quarterback position is, is, is probably the hardest position in any sport. And understanding reads, understanding your play, your teammates, your running backs, your wide receivers, your tight ends, and, and, and with a new coach there. And 
what is the difference of transitioning from one coach to the other? And and really, what is it like going into an offseason knowing that you, you're you going and, and you're learning a totally different offense? Yeah, um, the coach transition is really, really different. Um, but I've been fortunate enough, the last offense coordinator and quarterback coach was very good, and so is this guy. And a lot of the verbiage nowadays is – it's kind of uh, repeated, so he picked up on some of the stuff we talked about last year. We're starting to learn some new stuff from the new uh, offense coordinator, but the coaching change wasn't wasn't too bad. The uh, offense and learning the completely new offense is a little bit tough, but luckily, uh, you know, you you go through spring ball and you learn everything. So then you you get into summer and it's kind of like repeating that and just perfecting it. So we've we've picked it up pretty quickly. Obviously, being at Duke. You got some smart guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even the receivers are some of the smartest people you'll meet. So it's been uh, they're all going to be doctors. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah, we got. Who who knows where we'll all end up in twenty years? But yeah, we picked up the offense Come pretty. On, pretty you, you have to you have to see the big picture here. I mean, the big picture is play well like Daniel Jones, and you get drafted, and then no doubt. let it let it all fall together for you. You still have a college education, no matter what. You're a smart Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. So and 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 coming from Duke, uh, a lot of people. There's a quite a few players over the last couple of years that have been successful in the NFL playing from Duke. So it, it's not like it, it's a surprise. I mean, I have seen in the last what is it five years, Speedy, six players come from Duke, and actually one of them played for the Jets last year. I didn't play well for the Jets, but uh, he he was a pretty successful NFL wide receiver. He's uh, working he, out today. <laughs> so in our facility. So really, you got, a, you got a young corner of Duke too, Michael Carter. Yeah, my, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So you're you you've seen uh, different players come from one place to another and 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 have been very successful in the NFL. So I, I to say that you being a quarterback from Duke can't be successful in the NFL is crazy to say that I. Uh, we've seen Daniel Jones, I still think, is going to be a really good quarterback in this league. I know Giant fans want to throw him to the Wolves and give up on him, but I, I've seen a lot of great things from the kid. I just think they need to find a way to protect him, and I think when they figure that out, I think he's going to show what his worth is, and I think he's a fantastic a fantastic talent. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's also a great mentor to us. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's a he's a huge guy, great hard worker. Um and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him play because he he's got what it takes. He just needs to, you know, put it all together. So, so one of our fans has a question. Uh, John Suggs asks, "Have you worked out outside of practice with Gavin Spurrier or Jordan Moore? And has Spurrier been hurt since he hasn't seen him play? And also, I I know you lettered in high school at track and field at Fairhope. Are you or Jordan Moore faster? So, so jo- <laughs> This isn't too hard to answer. Uh, Jordan's <laughs> Jordan's a whole lot faster. Than uh, but no, we're 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 best friends off the uh, off the field. Believe it or not, uh, you know it sounds like we're competing, and from the outside looking in, it's like we hate each other. But um, me, Jordan, and Gavin, we'll we go golf and play poker, go swim, watch a movie. Like we're always with each other. So uh, that's one thing that's really commonly misunderstood with with college quarterbacks, uh, especially. Is, that we all just like are just button heads all the time. But in reality, we're all the same good group of guys. Um, and we're not really competing against each other. We, we talk about this. We're not competing against each other. We're competing against ourselves because every day I know if I perform at my best abilities, I can get the job. If Jordan or Gavin performs at their best abilities, 
they'll they'll get the job um so i mean that's what it all comes down to um and then track and field in high school that i don't know what that was i went out there my my senior year had no idea what i was doing but they told me like jump as far as i could into the sand pit so (laughs) i didn't i didn't i didn't do too bad but i had no idea what i was doing that's track and field for you. I, I ran track and field too. And they told me run run as fast as you can when the gun goes off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's not much to it. <laughs> uh, we are talking to Duke sophomore quarterback, Riley Leonard. Um, Riley, obviously it's a new season. What are you looking forward to most this season? And what is is it different than it was last year? And if it has, it, it, if it does look like it's different than it was last year, what is different? The thing I'm looking forward to most is winning. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's going to come this year and it, and it hadn't in the past. Um, and the reason um, I'm so optimistic is because of each guy's mentality. For example, last year, we didn't, we didn't really have too many guys come in and get extra work in um, during the off hours of the day. Now, out of the, let's say, 100 guys in the locker room, 75, 80 of them are coming in every single day and uh, getting extra work in. Guys are texting me, asking to watch film. They're working out. Riley, can we go throw? Can we go over this protection? Let's watch film. Um, You didn't see much of that. So we're all in the mentality of, you know, this is a new beginning and we're going to win. So that's, that's definitely the thing I'm most excited about. So in your limited time playing the six games that you did play and the snaps you played, who was the toughest opponent opponents you had to face so far in your career in the ACC or even across college football? Ooh, that's a great question. I mean, when you're out there, everybody's pretty much the same on the defensive end, but I will say the Virginia Tech's 12th man with their fans, <laughs> that may have been the hardest, hardest factor. They, those dudes, they were getting they were going crazy. Um, that was really fun. And then for me, honestly, the cold weather is the biggest factor. I hate the cold weather being from Alabama. Uh, <laughs> but so yeah, that's that's probably the biggest factor for me. But uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, nobody really stands out to be that much challenging. Oh man, you got to come to New York, man. We can show you around in the winter time. It's not, it's not even that bad anymore. It really isn't. Yeah. I mean, no. I mean, we've had this year, I think here in New York, I think we had one bad week. I think it was uh, it was in the 16s or the seven. It was 16, 17 degrees. Usually over the last couple of years, we had once every year we have one bad snowstorm and that's it. it so uh, yeah. I don't know. It's getting warmer up up here. It, it, you have to go all the way upstate to Buffalo or Canada for it to really snow over here. Syracuse, there's potential for that yeah. if you end up playing out there. Yeah, but yeah. – but I, I think, I think it makes you more of a, you know, a man, and you're a young guy, and you do know that if you if you get drafted, you could be you could be yeah. playing in Minnesota, you could be playing in uh, Buffalo, you could be playing in you know all these cold places where you're going to have to deal with that, you know, in the wintertime. So I, I think being that you're a young guy and you're you're as you slowly but surely fall into that position over there in uh, Duke, you're going to actually see the difference from Alabama. And it is over there. As everybody knows, we are talking to Duke sophomore quarterback, Riley uh, Leonard, Riley, uh, obviously 
when you when you see yourself as a quarterback, and there's other quarterbacks in the league, uh, you know, in the NFL that really stand out. I've asked you this question before. Now, as a college player, is there a particular quarterback that you watch when it comes to tape, video, and, and actually try to mimic? And is there is there a quarterback right now that you can compare yourself to that that we know that plays in the league? Yeah. Um... Pretty easy answer. Now that I've been been here for a while, is Josh Allen, sneaky athletic guy who's he's got a great arm and a great personality off the field. One of our strength coaches coached Josh Allen, so um, a lot of the leadership things that you know he got from his experience with Josh, he he tells me about. So it's, it's grown me in that aspect a lot. And then uh, Josh Allen, I don't know what is this his third year? In yep, third fourth fourth year, year. fourth year. Well, well, yeah, all so done. Fifth, year. fifth year, fifth year, fifth year, fifth year, because it's oh, wow. Sam Darnold. I thought year. he was yeah. a little bit younger than that, yeah. but I mean, s- still seems like a younger mm-hmm. guy in the league, yep. and, and, and I am the same in college. So, I mean, I've I've been watching a lot of his tape, a lot of his footwork, and just to see like how far he's come as a younger guy. You kind of look like Josh Allen. It's crazy to uh, say he that. does. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you said Josh Allen, I'm like. Hold on one second. I'm thinking. I'm looking at yeah. Josh Allen right now. I'm like, you kind of look like Josh Allen. <laughs> well, that's good. That's a that's a compliment. Josh Allen's a little bit taller than you. I think he's six five. Um, yeah, he's like six yeah. five, two forty or two forty. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, yes. Um, do you have an arm like him? Do you do you feel that your arm strength is is somewhere around his? Um. I mean, he's probably got the strongest arm in the league, him or Mahomes. But uh, I don't think Mahomes does. I think he's no. They had a competition. Allen won. Yeah, so. I, I don't <laughs> see, think he see, does. I had to say Mahomes just for political right, reasons. Right, right. I, I think it's. I, think I, it's I don't. E- I don't even think. I don't even think Allen has the strongest arm in the you know oh, in the I, NFL. I, I would, I would so. I, he's, a, he's a strong arm, but there there are a lot of guys that pe- people are not talking about that people don't realize have great arms. So, I, I mean. Again, you could go back and forth and argue those points, but uh, Josh Allen and obviously Patrick Mahomes are the superstars right now in the league, the young superstars. So, of course, they're going to argue both those guys, right. the, the guys, the, the strongest arms in the NFL. But uh, it is, it's a pretty incredible thing when you, when you look at yourself and, and you, you, you compare yourself somewhat to Josh Allen. And, uh, and that's, that's high praise in the player that he became and a high, a high high praise in who you are as a player. So that's, that's great. So one of the big changes of college football that has come since we last interviewed you has been these NIL deals that have come through for these players. So have you gotten involved in any of those so far? And what do you think of this whole process for college football? Um, yeah, I, I don't know um, what I think about it yet, but um, I think the opportunity of these guys to make, to make money uh, is great. Uh, I have, <laughs> Nobody's really reached out to me. I reached a couple companies. Uh, <laughs> hey, dudes. I DM'd them. They didn't hit me back. Uh, <laughs> Lowry Season and Salt. I love Lowry's. For those of y'all watching, um, <laughs> Lowry Season and Salt. Uh, I DM'd them. They didn't. They didn't respond. And then a couple other, a couple other companies. I. I uh, Do you want me to give you advice on that? Yeah. Go out. Play hard this year. Do your yeah. best, and you will yeah. put yourself on that map, and and everybody's going to reach out to you, because I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I think I, I think I need to just focus on football now, and yes. don't worry about any of that. No, don't worry about that, because I think with your personality, you got a pretty, uh, pretty, you know, your smile uh, you, you brightens up the room. You can see it that your personality and everything like that. You're always smiling. I think anybody that's endorsing something or advertising something. 
that will drive them to want to bring you in as a spokesman for their product. So just who you are as a person, I, I think it will. You just got to go out on the field and do what you do. You could also say right. this show gave us, gave us the promotion that you have the looks of Josh Allen. You do. <laughs> yeah, right. You do. But I, I think that's – yeah. I, I, I know a little bit about it and marketing and stuff like that. Uh, I've been marketing myself for years when it comes to entertainment and, and stuff like that. I think what makes – you different from all the rest of the guys that we've interviewed, the quarterbacks, is your smile, your personality. And, and you could see that when you walk, you walk into a room, you can bright up the room. You, you can make people like look at you and say, oh, he's happy, he's smiling, so everybody else is going to yeah. smile and be happy. No matter win or lose, you go out there and you do your best. It's going to show to everybody else. People are yeah. going to like you for who you are as a person. So trust me, you know, go out there on the field. Do what you do best, and everything's going to come to you, man. You're going to see it. Everything. Everything that you ever wanted will come to you because there are not many people like you, especially your personality. So that, that, that I'm not just trying to blow your head up. I, I, yeah, no. We've interviewed a lot of good quarterbacks, a lot of young quarterbacks. We've interviewed a lot of players that were just drafted in the NFL. And the one thing that always stood out to me, when, especially with Speedy telling me that you were, um, that you were coming on, I said – Oh man, I I know he's gonna bring up that pizza, and I was trying. To, I, it's it's so funny because I remember when I told you I was gonna get. To, I, I went to two post offices. Then I then I said, "What happens if I FedEx it?" He's like, "You're in a FedEx cold pizza. What are you, an idiot?" You know. So uh, I was like, "What? What? I think it's a smart idea, but I one way or another, we're gonna get you here. And and if it, it, it whenever it maybe." You know, in the future, you get drafted by one of these New York teams, and you'll have your opportunity. There but, you go. You could get it. You could get it. a sponsorship with a pizza company. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know what's I funny? Think. I think, I, I think a pizza company would be great for you. Well, now, what what is your nationality, by the way? Um, I, I don't know. I'm a white guy from America. <laughs> <laughs> His nationality is whatever Josh Allen's is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. A white guy from America. That was perfect. But by the way, what's your nationality? Um, yeah, I'm a white guy from America. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know what else. <laughs> I'm a Caucasian from America. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a better way to. That's that, that's pretty funny, actually. As we as everybody knows, we are talking to Duke sophomore quarterback uh, Riley Leonard. One more question for me, man. Um, you. Look at your yourself as a player, and then you go into a locker room, and obviously a lot of people are looking up to you. You're the quarterback. You're the face of the team, and they're they a lot of people like Eli Manning over the years. Uh, not a, a spoke speaking type of quarterback in the locker room. Daniel Jones, we heard, is not much of a speaker in the locker room. What type of player are you in the locker room? I think I'm the type of guy that. Uh can relate to everyone. I think I have a per personal relationship with everybody on this team. Uh, and a guy that they can trust. I'm not going to get up there and yell at your face, but I think I can lead by example. And uh, everybody seems to kind of be on their A game when they're around me. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to sound like, like I'm boasting. But, no, uh, you have to. You know, it's yeah, so funny. I I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I yeah. talked to somebody from ESPN recently, and I told him, I don't have an ego. I, I, I really don't believe that I have an ego. He says, well, you should have an ego. I like people with egos. He says, egos is what brings you out as a personality. So 
Mm. Bring out your personality. You do have an ego, and that's good to have an ego. It makes you different from everybody else. Your ego is different from the other one. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I think I'm just the type of guy that's going to hold everybody to the highest standard and, you know, bring out the best of them. Um, on the field, I'm kind of uh, – I'm not very patient, so I'm always, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Always be encouraging. Um, Got to work on, like, getting on to some kids sometimes. But mo for the most part, we're all on the same page anyway. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm just type of, the type of guy that people, people want to – play with and uh you know i just try to be the best teammate possible and uh help them out you know more than i can help myself so so uh one question from me and one question from one of our fans uh, one of our fans john asks uh, what is your go-to pre pre-game meal and also i think I, I think he answered this question i'm, I'm gonna try to remember before he answered okay it, and then I'm, I'm gonna ask uh, one i'm surprised that errol didn't ask because he's a he's a duke fan did you have any experiences watching the uh, duke basketball team this season on coach k's final year and if so, what were those experiences like? Yeah, I was able I was able to go to a few games. Um, incredible experience. The basketball team is really good this year, and we had we obviously have one of the best fan bases in the country. Yeah, uh, so not yeah, the best coach really anymore. Cool. I mean, you bring in a terrible coach, by the way. Coach K is gone, and you bring in Shire. What are you? Shire's great. I can't stand <laughs> he's got, him. He's got the number one recruiting class. Oh, stop it. Years. Is that what you're trying to sell to me? First of all, Coach K got the number one number one recruiting class. It wasn't Shire. Give me a break. Everybody's going to give him credit, but it was Coach K. He's recruiting those guys. Give me a break. How can you not like Shire? I hate John Shire. I never liked him as a player. I grew up a Duke fan. I am a diehard Duke Dukies basketball fan. Mm. I'm a Bobby Hurley fan. I've been a Bobby oh. Hurley fan forever. Uh, so okay. it, it's it, Christian Leitner with those teams. You weren't even alive when that happened. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I was, and I grew up a Duke fan. So sitting here and watching John Shire play makes me want to throw up. Okay. Uh, of all the people you could have choose, chosen, you could have brought Bobby Hurley back to take over that team, but you chose <laughs> John Shire, Coach K, what are you doing, bud? I mean, come uh, on, you old you-know-what. I mean, <laughs> well, uh, I'm not going to throw Coach K under the bus because I love Coach anyway, K. But, yeah, uh, well, yeah, we'll see this next up, next upcoming year how good All right, you want me to answer? I, I'm going to guess what I remember your favorite go-to uh, snack is, okay? It yep. is Cheetos. Definitely not. Oh, I don't like man. cheese. All right. What is well, it? I said I don't like cheese. It's kind of confusing. It was but something. I, I remember it was something something in a bag. I, I'm not... Well, John asked about meal, not snack. Oh, oh, it might I'm be sorry. different. Snack. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. What's your um, favorite meal? A meal before a game would have to be pizza. Nah. That's <laughs> why. What am I, stupid? I yeah. yeah. You overthought it. Would, it would definitely be pizza. You got so flustered about John Shire. That's why. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I try – like I eat pizza every day. I got a pizza in the oven right now that's frozen pizza, DiGiorno. Mm. I eat pizza every day. So, yeah, definitely pizza before a game. It'll get you in the right – <laughs> right mindset. Oh, of course, man, and that's why I told you I was gonna get, and I'm gonna get you New York, New York uh, pizza. Uh, even if I have to go down to Duke to give it to you, I'm going mm. to. We were just, you know, what's so funny. We drove down to Florida. We were passing right through. I could have, I could have brought you pizza. Ah, oh, I could have brought you pizza. Oh, it's good. Crazy. I'll have to, I'll have to come up there. You, you should, man. I, I'm telling you, there's a lot. The bagels over here to die for. Have you ever had a bagel before? 
Oh, yeah. I, I ate him from uh, Panera. So. Uh, Panera? It's the best we got. No, that's the, the best. best. Remember, he lives like right on the – what do you live right on the edge of Alabama, you like the southern to, coast? You have to come. Yeah, we, you have to yeah. come to New York. You have I actually never had a bagel in Alabama, but I, I ate my first one at Panera up here in North Carolina. Okay. It was pretty good. So. All right, man. Well, you, it's, if you think that's good, you come over here. The, the, the bagels are to die for over here. <laughs> Uh, and as far as uh, the pizza is concerned, I, I think Chicago and New York are the best pizza you can possibly have. The, the deep dish over there in Chicago, and I think uh, with the, the crust and the stuff that we have over the cheese and the, the sauce that we have is definitely the mm. best. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to get you pizza from over here. I think you deserve right. it. And uh, I like, listen, man, I want, to, uh, I want you to continue staying in touch with us. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best, I want you to succeed. I want you to, to be drafted. I want you to do everything that your heart desires as a player, man. And trust me, go out there, play your best, show, show these advertisers and sponsors what you're capable of doing on the field. You, it's endless what you can get when it comes to advertisements. I think your personality by itself will sell that to any sponsorship in the country. So I, I do believe that. And I, I, like I said, Speedy and me, we've talked to a lot of these recruits and uh, I think there, there's just something about you with your personality and who you are. And uh, you could tell that when you walk in a room, it, it people will draw to you. And I think that's something that uh, an advertiser will want a person that can go on a commercial or wear a shirt or wear a hat and, 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 and promote that. That's something that you can do. And I, I think you're going to be very successful when people get to know you as a person on the field. Uh, Riley, just one more thing. John has one more food question. Have you ever gone into UNC territory and eaten hot dogs at sup dogs? No, I have not, but that will be on my list to do within the next week i will be eating at sub dogs just make sure you t you protect yourself or you go with a bunch of I'll other guys I'll, I'll, I'll bring some of the o-line <laughs> yeah you better okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure i'll be protected you don't want to go into that territory without uh, any protection that's for sure <laughs> that's right <laughs> anyways uh thank you for joining us riley we'll be in touch very very soon tell the fans how they can find you on social media oh uh, okay so instagram's riley.jleonard Twitter, Riley Leonard 12, maybe. And then I think that's about it. So, uh, yeah, that'd be great if anybody watching has me on there. Carl says, one of our fans says, Errol, deliver him the pizza. Then, dude, go to a local pizza joint and say, look, I could get pizza delivered from New York. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I listen. If I have to travel every single time to UNC or North Carolina to bring pe people pizza, it's not worth it to me. I'm I'm going to save true. the gas money over there. But uh, the, the, the travel Tra travel horrible. by boat. The travel right, right, right. the travel was horrible going down to Florida. Eighteen, but I got there. I got there pretty quick. We got to Florida in eighteen hours. So. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I you know, I I went all night. I, I drove all night. Yeah. I, I my girlfriend. And her sister was moving to Florida, so we drove her, her, her down from New York to Florida. So we traveled with her, and it was, it was interesting. And I, I did the all-nighter. I went 10 hours straight. And then uh, she, took, she took the reins for about two hours, three hours. And then uh, I took over and drove the rest of the way. But uh, it was definitely a long ride. But we went through uh, North Carolina, so I could have I brought you pizza. So I'm... I, I'm ashamed of myself. I'm very ashamed of myself. But um, we'll definitely get you that pizza. I, I did promise you that, and I won't forget that. And 
Um, I wish you nothing but the best, man. We'll be in touch. Thank you for joining us. Awesome. Thank you, guys. means a lot. Riley Leonard, he is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Good personality. Um, I think this kid's going to be a star. I I, I really – there's just something – you know what it is? Is when you when you sit down with these guys, and we've sat down with a lot of them. And thank you to Jillian for over the years that mm-hmm. she hooked up with. She hooked us up with a lot of these recruits. Riley was one of the guys that really stood out to me. He he really did. I just his smile is, is something. I'm telling you guys. I'm not trying to be weird or anything. It, it, to me, the guy never stopped smile mm-hmm. smiling. He always smiling. So. I that tells me just who he is as a personality, and I think that means a lot. You know, a, 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 if you're trying to endorse a product, you want a person that has that personality. I think he has it. I think oh, he yeah. has the. Oh, he definitely does, and he's got a good sense of humor too. He was he was very happy, and he he wasn't even afraid to debate you a little on John Shire. Oh well, what is this? Uh, what is Duran, this? now the Knicks, Carl says. What's right. going on here? This is a, this what is, is going crazy. on here with this? I, I, I mean, I, I mean, it could go from nothing to something. Do they, they trade out and trade another pick? What are the Knicks doing? Uh, Jalen Duran might be uh, might be a role might have a role on every team by the end of this draft. The way this is the way this is going. I'm just trying to hold on one second. Um, mm. You go ahead, uh, Speedy. Let's. Um, I, yeah, I don't. I don't see anything on Walsh's Twitter as of right now. Yeah. I just checked it after Philly's pick. Uh, it says, "Yeah, Min- uh, Minnesota drafted Wendell Moore. So, uh, the, the Sixers made their pick, and yeah, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies trade for it. So I don't see anything that says Duran is elsewhere at this point. I'm trying to. I'm just looking. I'm seeing what's going on here. It, now the Knicks in the middle of. Jalen Duran's NBA draft chaos. I don't know what that means. All right. Carl says they just announced it. Let me play it back and I'll type it, he says. So I guess Carl's going to give us a little bit of an inside scoop of how this is all going to go down. So Duran will be traded for the third time this draft. I don't understand this. This is so weird. I I, I mean, (sighs) they trade him to Detroit with Kemba Walker. Now they're taking him back. Uh, Yeah. What are they giving up for? Right. Duran. I, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. None of this. Uh, listen, if, if the Knicks are going to acquire multiple first round draft picks and get Duran, I think the I think the Knicks win. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they of win, course, you know, because Duran could turn out to be a great player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's I a, think he will be because I, he's a guy that is very good speed for his size, good rebounder, and again, didn't play a lot because I think he got suspended or something like that, or he got COVID. He missed a lot of time. I forget why during the Memphis season, but was one of the better big men in that conference and that country. All right, here it is. Carl says Hornets trade Duran to the Knicks for a conditional first round pick. And for for a future second round pick, and then Ben says the Hornets said in Duran with the number thirteen pick and sent it to the Pistons via the Knicks, who added Kemba Walker to Detroit's package. The Pistons began to negotiate a nine point two million dollar buyout of Kemba, which would make him a free agent. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what 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 does that have anything to do with Duran? Yeah, so so I guess Duran to the Knicks for conditional first and a future second, but he didn't say the years. I guess they don't know the years at the moment, mm-hmm. just like the OKC trade. So there's just a lot of unknowns. So the Knicks will get a, the Knicks will get some conditional, some future first, and then send a conditional first. Maybe they're trying to figure out with OKC because OKC does have Detroit's pick. Which that's where Duran ended up. So maybe that pick is going to be the one that's. What is the Knicks involved? doing? What are they trying to throw us curveballs? I mean, yeah. they they trade them away. They don't trade them away. They trade them away. They get them back. I mean, 
what the heck is going on here? This is the craziest draft I've ever seen, especially for the Knicks. What are they doing? I'm, well, obviously, they're trying to upgrade their team and get more draft stock. Obviously, that's what they're doing. Leon Rose is trying to do that. But um, what did they give up to, to get back Duran? I mean, right. and, and I, I thought Detroit wanted Duran. Now, all of a sudden, they traded him? Yeah, I, I really have no idea what's, what's happening with this kind of thing. I mean, they were going to trade uh, possibly Jaden Ivey. For Duran in a trade. Now, yep. all of a sudden, they trade him away back to the Knicks. I mean, yeah, and then it seemed like D- D- Detroit was going to keep both of them. But we were hearing all, b- before the show that they're going to pursue hard for DeAndre Ayton. So maybe they don't want to pursue a big man in that case. They want to, So they were going to use Duran as a piece to get something else. How tall is Duran? I want to say six eleven, seven foot. But don't they have Robinson, Mitchell Robinson? Are they... It might, yeah, it might be an insurance policy because he's always hurt. Plus, uh, he only I think he only has one year left on his contract, so it might be a thing where is maybe... he a center or is he a power forward? No, he's a center. He's mostly a pure center. He's got good speed for a center. Um, he could pass a little bit too. And I would say Robinson's probably a better shot blocker, a rebounder, but I don't think he's far behind Duran. And he's a little more polished, being that Robinson was so young when he got drafted, 18 years old, and Duran played for two years at Memphis. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to look at his numbers. Yeah, six foot eleven and two fifty is what it looks like for his body type. What did he average yet last year? What did he average? Thirteen points. I'm trying to get his numbers. I can't find his numbers. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at that. Uh, okay, thirteen. I think he was averaging 13 points and, and, and what was it, eight rebounds or something like that? Yeah, he was the second highest scorer on the team. I know that for a fact. I'm trying to find out if uh, it was. Well, you figure it out. But uh, I, I would like to thank Riley Leonard for uh, joining us as always. He's, he's a fantastic personality, and we really appreciate it. Um, we are not going to have Dyrell Briggs on tonight. Uh, he, he went to his daughter's softball game, and uh, they're – running a little late. Uh, so he will be joining us on Tuesday of next week. So mm-hmm. shout out to Dyrell. I know he wanted to come on with us last yeah. time he talked to us. Um, we were, we were going to do stuff uh, with autism together with him, but uh, uh, Dyrell is a, a fan of the show and a friend of the show. So we'll get him on next week. I promise you guys, everybody that was looking forward to hearing Dyrell again. Uh, by the way, his 12 point puts a game, 8.1 rebounds, uh, 1.3 assists, uh, shot 59.7%, so very efficient. Also averaged 2.1 blocks per game, too. So good on the defensive side. If he becomes a star, what, what, what is a star? You know, what is a big man like that? Is he a good shooter? No, he's not really thought of as a as a step back type guy. He's he's got a hook shot that's decent, but that's really it. He's more of a traditional center. So he's probably uh, better than Robinson in some aspects, but similar, just more similar all around. Robinson, I would say, is probably a little better lengthwise and shot blocking, just in terms of the the wingspan and. Probably the way he's grown his shooting, Durant will probably have to do the same if he wants to develop that because he wasn't known as that. Kind of like Robinson wasn't when he got drafted, so he wasn't known as a shooter. He really has to develop that part of his game. So hopefully that ends up being the case. But he is a good passer and was on a very high prolific offense at Memphis too. So got a lot of chances to shine over there when he was healthy. He played in 29 games. He missed some time his, his first year and really took a big step up last year. I, I do want to talk about the avalanche game last night mm. and the reason why I want to get into the Stanley cup finals during this part of the show is because I am so done listening to complaining Tampa Bay fans and John Cooper. Okay. I respect the Tampa Bay lightning. I respect their, 
their dominance over the last three, four years of hockey. I respect their their team as a whole, as an organization, what Steve Eisenman has built over the last couple of years and now running Detroit. I also respect some of the best players in the league on that team. And I, I'm talking about Braden Point. I'm talking about Victor Hedman. I'm talking about Steven Stamkos and, and, and the players that they have over there. The Avalanche taking a 3-1 lead last, last night is not a surprise. And it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. The surprise of why I'm going into this and the surprise of why everybody keeps talking about last night's game is the Colorado Avalanche had too many men on the ice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning were complaining that it wasn't called. And that's why they lost the game. Now, if everybody remembers, last year, Eastern Conference Finals, game number seven, second period, the Islanders were on a power play, man advantage, and the Tampa Bay Lightning had a breakaway. And there were seven men on the ice, counted seven men on the ice on a shorthanded goal that they scored. And that was the game-winning goal that eliminated the New York Islanders. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning went on and beat Montreal in four games in the Stanley Cup Finals. Does everybody remember that? Now, did the Islanders and Barry Trotz go out there and cry the river because they got screwed out of the Stanley Cup, which probably would have won them a Stanley Cup championship? No. They said their piece, and they walked away from it. John Cooper and writers from the Tampa Bay Lightning did nothing but bitch yesterday. Bitch about how how much they got screwed in game number four and that this could be the deciding thing that happens in this series that could cost them the Stanley Cup. You know, it's so funny that I've listened to Ranger fans over the last couple of weeks I'm I'm sorry, not last couple weeks. Last week, complain that the referees or wefflees or Toronto screwed them out of going to a Stanley Cup Finals. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say that to all the Ranger fans that they're they got to get their heads out of their asses because that's not why the Rangers lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. The better team won. And I'm going to say it right now in the Stanley Cup Finals. The better team right now is winning. What is he saying over here? What is Carl saying? Barry Trotz yelling that has effing seven. seven. I don't know what that means. Oh, maybe during the play he was saying that? Yes, uh, he was he yelling? Com- yeah. Yes, he complained about it, and that was it. The Islanders didn't go after Carl, Carl, I'm not saying he didn't complain at the end of the game, Okay. I didn't say he didn't complain at the end of the game. Do you see him go all over the news? The reason why the Islanders lost the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, didn't go to the Stanley Cup Finals, was because of that game-winning goal, which too many men were on the ice. After that, after they said something, it was past tense. I'm telling you right now, if the Lightning lose this series, and I know you're in Tampa, and I know you're rooting for Tampa Bay, so I know you're going to stick up for them. 
I know damn well the first thing that's going to come out of John Cooper's mouth is we got screwed in game number four. Okay? All right. He says he agrees with you, missing my point. Oh. Uh, and he also says you played hockey. Yes. You tell me how to officiate the too many men on the ice. I agree I'll tell with you, you that it's a reach. I'll tell you. You want me to tell you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now with the NHL rules. All right. You have how many referees on the ice? You have three of them. Mm-hmm. One on one side. One on the other, the call, the offsides, and the icings, and then you have a main referee that plans in the middle. Okay? There should be... Now, everybody wants these computerized umpires in professional baseball, okay? Everybody, when, you, when you're playing in a game, should have something connected to your helmets. You know, everybody, you know, have mics, they mic them up, mm-hmm. have something to your helmets, which gives you that virtual, virtual call. Now... If there are too many, many in the too many men on the ice and something goes in, you can challenge that goal, no matter what time it is in the game. Now, if you can challenge something like that, that game probably would have went to that would have went to overtime, and who knows? The Islanders could have won that game, and who knows if you could challenge too many men on the ice, which you can't right now. The NHL rules is you can't challenge too many men on the ice unless the referees see it. Um, if you can challenge that, that could take away the goal. So, um, what is he saying over here? I just agreed with you. Read yeah, it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I'm just, I'm trying to read it. So speedy, you got to make sure that when, he, the, when people are posting, you let me know what they're saying. But I think the best way to control too many men on the ice is that you, you could be able to challenge it, especially in the playoffs when the game means too much to those teams, a game seven, a game four in the Stanley cup finals that could tie the series. If there were two, you should be able to challenge that. What do you think, Speedy? Do you think those rules would be good? Yeah, it's again, it's a, it's a very big gray area right now just because of the way line changes work. It's not like a formal substitution in the NFL or in the NBA where you have to be five feet within the bench. You have to be having your hands on the bench area, so there's no way you could be holding the stick in a position to be able to play the puck. Mm-hmm. And I think what the Lightning, anyone that was complaining about the Avalanche doing it with Nathan McKinnon was saying that he wasn't five feet, which maybe he wasn't. There was also another replay that showed that there was a Tampa Bay area literally parallel to where to where McKinnon was also trying to get off the ice. So if you want to deem his illegal, so was your player too. There was Nick Nick Paul was in the middle. He was getting on the bench legally. And I think the other two, so technically both guys, I think Avalanche had six and the Lightning had seven. Now it's a gray area that maybe in as replay expands can be challenged later on. Now the NHL does well in not blowing plays dead impulsively outside of sometimes there's a puck that isn't seen in front of the net where the ref will blow it dead impulsively, which is still a big issue that they have to worry about. But... Now, now, I wouldn't call it a challenge. Now, okay. I wouldn't call it a challenge. Every team has one challenge. Now, I would use it for something else, or each team can, or, or that could be part of the challenge. Not to challenge. You can use that as your challenge. Okay. That could be used as a challenge. But to me, you should be able to challenge too many men on the ice. Because that could cost you a game. And right now, with the rules and the new rules of the NHL, you can't challenge too many, right. many on the ice. Too many men on the ice. So that should be allowed on a, on a challenge. Also, that virtual thing that I'm saying is that uh, that each team obviously have iPads on the side. Maybe 
uh, a team having, you know, uh, each team has, what, what are those guys in the tablets? In, yeah. Tablets. No, the guys that watch the games. I, I forget. Oh, the replay monitor re- guys. Replay yeah. monitor guys that can monitor it and actually. Fine. If they can spot it and tell the coaches down, you right. know, down on the ice. Yeah, have some kind of. Yeah, they could have some kind of even like a telecaster system too, where they could look at the line changes and freeze them on them, and even have it that be a thing with the ref uh, with the replay officials. You in should Toronto be able too. to challenge it in the playoffs. Yeah, you should be able to challenge it, and that's up to the NHL to start expanding what could be looked at because. Right now, they only do it for offsides and for goalie interference and like a couple other things, too. But there are a couple egregious ones that we've seen in the past that couldn't be overturned. The Western Conference Finals between the Sharks and the Blues three years ago, mm-hmm. the Sharks won in overtime that, yeah. on a bad kicking motion that should have been overturned, where it was definitely distinctly kicked in. The Sharks won the game. Now, the Blues rallied back and won the series because they were able to fight they off the that. They were the better team, and they were able to fight off that, I guess, missed call, which is why John Cooper saying what he's saying, you got to start being able to rally your team if a team like the blues could do it you guys could do it too having the experience you guys having one back-to-back stanley cups so it's kind of weak like you were saying carl before it's kind of weak to just blame it all on that the avalanche are playing the better by far better in overtime too so who yeah. says they wouldn't have shelled them even more i, un- and listen, the I understand on. that they're angry about that but th- th- you should be able to challenge too many men on the ice yeah and I, I think especially in the playoffs maybe in the regular season you you shouldn't or the, just right. like the nfl changing the rules right now because of the josh allen situation mm-hmm. uh if you're willing to do that where if somebody scores a touchdown you should be allowed to take it down the field and try to score a touchdown too all right so why don't the NHL do the same thing? If they believe that too many men on the ice has been proven to hurt teams in the playoffs, especially, a.k.a. the Islanders in Game 7 in, in the Eastern Conference Finals that could have helped them, you know, knock off the Tampa Bay Lightning and win the Stanley Cup. If the Islanders made it to that series against Montreal, they win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. They win the Stanley Cup. So and, and you, you see the Islander fans bringing up – I'm one of the Island, only Islander fans that bring up the too many men on the ice – because it, to me, I think the island just got screwed, but they couldn't challenge it. Uh, Carl says, so the whole five feet from the bench, is that a subjective call or strictly followed? It's one of those things where they have to be when you're close li- enough. When you're line changing, okay? Right. And, and this is, you all know this. Anybody that's played hockey, when you're line change, changing, you're, you're line changing, you're not line changing the defenseman. It's, the, it's your line, your, your three guys, okay? When you know that the other three guys are on the ice. Now, if you're climbing over the bench and one foot's on the ice, you know that's not too many men on the ice. They're mm-hmm. trying to get right. off the bench. Yeah. They're trying to get on the bench. Okay, But when they're distinctively trying to skate to get over the bench and they're still on the ice and they're five feet away from the bench or they're four feet away from the bench, that's too many men on the ice. That's distinct, and you can see that's distinct. And that you should call. Yeah, the other thing, too, is because the bench is so long, there's a lot of different gray areas for what five feet could be from where you're standing. The other thing, too, is you can't be playing the puck in any way or can't be in on the play when your other guy comes in and, and whoever's changing with you plays the puck. You have to actually look like you're going off and be five feet, which McKinnon did. When Kadri touched the puck, McKinnon was five feet away. Now, again, the Lightning fans were saying, oh, when Kadri got on, McKinnon wasn't. Yeah, but he was out of the play by right. then. The same kind of thing, they were looking at there was an official scoring thing at the end of the game, too, that said the Avalanche had seven guys on, including the goalie, because Eric Johnson was back away from the ice, but he was out of the play. I think you have to look at the, the rules and, and try to figure out what makes sense for the rule 
to, you know, progressively be able to be challenged. Okay. And, and to me, when playing hockey, all the years that I played hockey, the first thing my coach always told me is when you're ready, when we're, when I'm calling line change, you have to know when your line is ready to go out. Like, obviously, uh, we, we used to play, when I play travel hockey, we used to play really two big lines, and we always put the third line out after every other shift. So we all knew that we were double shifting back to back to back before the third line was going to come out and take away a shift so we had time to breathe. Give us at least 50, 50 seconds to a minute so we can relax and get back on the ice. So when you know the line changes and, and, and the rhythm of the line changes, you know when you're going on and when you're going off. So especially if you're a professional, you're a professional hockey player. So to me, if you're distinctively, distinctively trying to make a line change and you see these guys on the ice and they're still five feet away from the, the bench, that is a penalty. That is 100% a penalty. By the way, Carl just posted up the trade with the Knicks. Oh, no, that was Ben. Uh, Carl just reading this. Pistons acquiring Jalen Duran and Kemba Walker. Knicks acquire Bucks 2025 first-round pick. Top four protected uh, from the Pistons. Hornets acquiring Nuggets 2023 first-round pick. Uh, Top 14, hold on, uh, protected. Knicks uh, get a 2023 second-round pick. The Jazz 2023 second-round pick. Either the Mavericks or... Or Heat 2023. What the heck is going on here? This is like all over. So these are all the picks they're sending to Detroit for Detroit to take on the contract. So the Knicks are just getting the 2025 that we know of from them. We're still waiting on the OKC ones to see what ends up happening. Yeah, so the Knicks are, it looks like they're only trading one future first and a couple seconds in order to take on that contract in order to do that. But Duran will be a piston. Yeah, yes, Carl. Apparently, that seems to be the way. I'm on Waz's Twitter too, Carl. I don't see anything that says Duran is a Nick. Everything I've seen is Duran is a Piston, which is what's labeled in this trade at the moment. Uh, Carl also asked, going back to the NHL, aren't there two doors open for the bench? There's one, I think, on the end in the middle, and then but sometimes players climb in and on the back too, just jumping the wall really. And yes, Darcy Kemper did have a very impressive assist as well. Um, yeah, I don't see anything, Ben, I, I don't see anything, Carl, that says he was ever as part of the Knicks initially in that trade. It was just a part of the three-way trade where Detroit ends up buying out Kemba Walker's contract, the $9.2 million he had remaining on it, and also getting Durant in order to do that. And the Knicks are giving them a couple picks in order to do that. And the Hornets gave him a couple picks in order to do that too. And a lot of these picks are conditional at the moment. Uh, Carl also asked, how am I the only one who heard Adam Silver announce this? Again, we have it on mute, so we can't really hear what you're hearing, Carl, at the moment. But, yeah, we were just talking about these commissioners. They are not the brightest at the moment. Maybe Adam Silver's getting there at that point, too. Mm. Very, very interesting. <laughs> Nick's giving us chaos, not even drafting a flare. Mm. Well, what are you what are you saying? Nick's not drafting a player. Well, I'm about to record the announcement and send it to Errol. Yeah, send it to me. I believe it. I, I maybe maybe it did happen. I, I don't know. We can what believe we, Adam Silver slipped something wrong. Why don't we go to a quick break, Speedy? Uh, we'll be back after this. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this 
is the Sports Lab now. 631-672-3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. <laughs> so, Speedy, do we have any information? Is this, is this a done deal? Did, did the Knicks get a Duran or what? It I doesn't mean, look like it. I don't see anything on Waz's Twitter that says the Knicks got Duran. Everything, everything is what exactly what Ben said. Pistons are looking like the teams that are getting Duran, along with all these multiple second-round picks they're doing at the moment. And I think everything that Ben said is everything we know about right now, according to Waz's Twitter. Mm. Oh, um... I do want to get into the Brown situation, and uh, the rest of the show will be practically basketball and football. And I will say this with the Yankees and the Mets. We'll talk a little bit about the Yankees and the Mets, too, at the end of the show, because Jacob DeGrom looks like uh, could be on his way back, and so will Max Scherzer. Uh, He's a couple of days away uh, from being back in this rotation, which if, if you're a Met fan, you should be very excited. But uh, this is what you've been dreaming about if you're a Met fan. But mm-hmm. Um, there was a story today, uh, and Speedy actually gave me a list of things to talk about, uh, that, uh, the Browns could be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo and obviously adding Deshaun Watson, you're, you're interested in this story because I, we're expecting the 49ers to either release, um, Jimmy Garoppolo or trade him. Now, I don't know if Cleveland's going to make any trades because they practically trade away the future for Deshaun Watson. So I don't know what they're going to get or give up for Jimmy Garoppolo. So if he becomes available, I could see Cleveland making this move. But if he doesn't, I I can't see Cleveland trading away a significant amount of pieces, uh, especially trading away, what, three first rounds? Mm -hmm. Three first round picks for Deshaun Watson. And you don't know when Deshaun Watson's actually going to play again. So... I mean, Speedy, what do you think? I, do, do you think that there's some kind of truth to this story? I, it's it's a little late in the process, but I think at this point, because of the struggles to trade Baker Mayfield, and they might be forced to cut him, it's certainly possible because the Browns do have a lot of money right now. Somehow they were able to get to a $27 million still cal- salary threshold, and maybe that has something to do with trying to restructure Watson's contract to make this kind of thing work if he is indeed suspended. But even after the Amari Cooper deal and re-signing Jadavian Clowney, they still have a lot of money, so they can make that work. I think if they were to trade him, it wouldn't be for a lot. I don't think the Browns would like overpay for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they're that desperate at that point. I think it might be more in season, see if they're still competitive with what they have first in order to judge it before making an impulsive trade, just because they don't have a lot of draft stock as it is. I I think the other thing to look at too, is Carolina was the one that was trying to trade for Baker Mayfield. Now them being out of it too, kind of limits that market. People are still saying Seattle, but I don't know how much I believe that where it might come to the point where they got to make a decision soon. But Could you imagine Jimmy Garoppolo go to Seattle in the same division? That would be crazy. And if they do release him, I could see him going to Seattle because I, I I'd see him like to to smack around uh, you know the San Francisco 49ers for a full season. Um, I think Jimmy is a, is still a, a, a good quarterback in this league. I don't know if he's a starter. I don't know if you can win with Jimmy. But let's be honest, Jimmy Garoppolo has been close to a Super Bowl. Last year, he went all the way to a Western Conference, uh, I mean, the NFC title game. I mean, they he was a couple of plays away from going to a Super Bowl. So to say that you can't win to Jimmy Garoppolo, if you have a good defense and you have a good running game and you have 
decent wide receivers, you can win with them. What, what, is, what is Jeff saying over here? Knicks got horrible picks in, in return. Well, we have to wait to see on the OKC picks. The Knicks had to trade some in order to get rid of Kemba's contract, Jeff. <laughs> they weren't going to just get more picks for Kemba. That wasn't well, going to Listen, Jeff, Jeff doesn't care what the Knicks do as long as they look like a laughing stock. So if, if the Knicks are the laughing stock, so Jeff will do anything to throw the Knicks under the bus. I'm not saying they did anything right right now. I'm just saying that you, you, we don't know what they're getting back from OKC in the first trade in order to make that all work. They got an additional 2025 first at the moment, and they had to trade some extra seconds in order to pay Kemba. And now Jeff has arrived. <laughs> all right, Jeff. What's going on, man? Yeah, the so there it's three protected first round picks. And did you see the protections? You basically got a first rounder and two second rounders. Again, we don't know what they got from OKC. There's nothing that We do know. We do know. Oh yeah. It's a twenty twenty three protected first round pick from Detroit. It's a twenty twenty three protected first round pick from Washington and a twenty twenty three protect a protected first round pick from Denver. You ready for the protections? Mm-hmm. Pistons, top 14 prote- uh, protected through 2025, unprotected in 2026. So y- y- you're basically getting a, a, um, a bottom first round pick. Mm-hmm. The Denver protections, top 14 protect- uh, protected through 2024, 2025, and in 2026, it turns into a second rounder. Mm-hmm. So you're getting nothing there. And the Wizards is top 14 protected in 2023, top 12 protected in 24 top 10 protected in 25 and top eight protected in 2026 and if it's not conveyed by then you get a second rounder all right so they just have to use the picks before then in that in that area and you, just hope they're not mean, all lottery what you, teams what do you mean they got to use the picks in that area they don't even get those picks if the, the teams gave up those picks are picking in the in the lottery again yes yes in we the, know how yeah, that works they don't even get those picks all they right turn into second rounders they're not all second rounders because they could also use those picks to trade up again if, if they have enough if, of them. If the Wizards keep drafting in the lottery, that's a second round pick. All right. We get that. Right. I'm just saying they, they have right. they still have to the accumulate them. It's still not a bad idea to accumulate them rather than either reach on a player or take what they got them, back. They're trading them to teams that are also gonna be no good. So basically, tough to tell in 2025. Uh, all, right. all right. So sitting here right now, they drafted the Fran- French guy. Now, uh, w- the reason why they drafted the French guy, because they wanted to make a trade. They wanted to trade uh, Kemba Walker. They wanted to get rid of Kemba Walker's contract because they want to uh, obviously open up salary room so they can go after Jalen Brunson. If they get Jalen Brunson, okay, was it that bad of a move for the Knicks to do what they did? But getting Jalen Brunson isn't guaranteed because Denver can You're match right. any offer well, the Knicks make. Well, it's not Denver. It's Utah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's Mavericks. Dallas. It's Dallas. It's Dallas. That's what I said. Yes. De- no, oh, you said Dallas. Dallas. You said Denver. You said Denver. Oh, did I? Sorry. Yes. Dallas can match any any offer. Yes, Dallas can match every, any offer. But if the Knicks offer him more, there and I and listen, I don't think Dallas is resigning. Give, give Jalen Brunson a max contract. Like, I don't. I don't. I, mean, I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're opening up salary room to go after Donovan Mitchell. Who knows what the Knicks are doing? They obviously know something that we don't. Now, are we sitting here today and saying, "Oh my God, we thought the Knicks won tonight because they traded away that pick"? No, we're we're questioning what they're doing. But again, what were they getting? There was now we they were reaching. They were going to reach at that pick anyways. 
So, I, I mean, okay, let's say they went after Durant. Uh, essentially, all the Knicks did was draft salary cap space. Yeah, that's what they did. And, and right now, the Knicks are looking to bring in another superstar then, or another good player that can help them win. Not a young player. They got a bunch of young players, Jeff. Now, I'm not saying – again, I'm going to say here, we both know the Knicks drafting at 11, we, we knew the Knicks weren't going to get that good of a player. We were talking about this about a week ago. They said the Knicks, are, they're sitting at 11, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, you're right. What were the Knicks getting at 11? So – whatever they were getting, they were they were trying to move up to try to get Jordan Ivy. There was no way they were getting him. So they were sitting there at 11. Who were they going to bring in? Duran? Duran is the same player as Mitchell Robinson. Maybe a little bit worse. Mitchell Robinson is a better shooter. So wh- what were they bringing in? There was nothing out there for them. The other player that they wanted was from the Wisconsin kid. Yep. Uh, one pick before. Yeah. He went, he went the, the, right, the pick before. So they weren't getting him either. So what were the Knicks doing at 11? They weren't going to reach because if they reached at 11 and that pick turned out to be garbage again, the Knicks would have been attacked for that. So they traded out of the pick. They got rid of salary room, and they'll see what they do in free agency. Now, if they fail on that, that was a lost cause, and the Knicks failed on that. They failed at number 11, which I'm sure they'll be attacked you know, one way or another from that. But – it's not a dead move by the Knicks yet, Jeff. And, and to sit here and say that it was, well, then you're, you're just being a Nick hater. It also depends on what they do with the draft picks, too, because they could also use that to package in other deals, too. Any we team, don't know. Yeah, we don't know, we don't know yet, obviously, we with don't the protections, the way it out. But the way it works is they still want to have the capital to make it work if they do want to make a trade for a Donovan Mitchell. Or they, there could be other offseason trades that we don't know about they, that the Knicks could do because the Knicks have money. Honestly, I think the Knicks are going to fail on Donovan Mitchell because I don't think he's going anywhere. I think I think Utah is going to build around Donovan Mitchell as long as Dwayne Wade's there. It looks like they're moving moving on from Rudy Gobert. I think Rudy Gobert is going to be the odd man out. That's what I think. I think they're keeping Donovan Mitchell. So the Knicks aren't getting Donovan Mitchell. So the Knicks are looking at Jalen Brunson as the guy that they were – they were recruiting. They were scouting during the uh, during the playoffs. I think that's the guy that the Knicks are now. Do I give Jalen Brunson a max contract? No, I, I am not giving Jalen Brunson a max contract. But if you could give him, if if you could somehow negotiate a deal where you can give him a five year deal worth about seventeen, eighteen million a year, like uh, what's his name again, the point guard from Toronto? Yeah, Lowry. No, not Lowry. Oh, Van Van Bleet. Yeah. Van Bleet. What Van Bleet got. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Knicks to go after Jalen Brunson. His fa- he grew up a Knicks fan. His father played for the Knicks. I think it makes a lot of sense. Snuck says, the Knicks are a lot like giving your uncle one too many drinks at your cousin wedding. A pain in the ass, but fun to watch. Uh, Carl says, very Tim Hardaway-esque. Uh, wait to, uh, Snug says, wait till they give him the max, max contract on Brunson, a very next thing to do. Again, I, it depends on if Dallas gives giving, him the max contract. Not, the Dallas is not giving him the max and contract. And that's what, that's what the rumors are leaning towards, is that they're not giving him the max contract, which means he'll be either be gone or he'll have to settle for less and maybe either hope that free agent market gives him a max contract. And he already said that if he doesn't get a max contract from the Mavericks, he's, he's, he's going to open up, he's going to go to free agency. Of course. So... And, and and the Knicks aren't going to – so if he were to choose between Dallas and the Knicks, he, he grew up a Knicks fan. I, I really believe he wants to play for the Knicks. 
So, and that's where his family lives. His whole family lives in I New mean, York. That would be insane. But that yeah, would be insane. Uh, yes, because Dallas has a chance to win right now. You're absolutely right. right. Like, why would you, like, like, just from a basketball perspective, I'm not picking yes. on the city or their mouth-breathing inhabitants or anything like that right now. I'm not doing any of that, okay? Mm-hmm. Not, but just from a pure basketball yes. standpoint, yes. Luka, Luka Doncic is... Is a beast. The be- it, 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 he's the best player uh, on either team. Mm-hmm. And where is he? He's in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So Dallas would be a lot closer to winning 100%. than the Knicks would be. Not- 100%. Okay, but, well, I'm, I, I, you know, you, you say I pick on the Knicks. But uh, just, 100%. You know. And I, 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 would, I would definitely, if I was Jalen Brunson, I would look at that 100% if he, he's looking to win a championship right now. But maybe he thinks that Dallas is is still far away from doing that. They still don't have that other superstar. How far away can they be? They just made the Western Conference Finals. You're also in the Western Conference, and you still got to p- compete with Golden State, Phoenix, and some of those other teams in the Western. The Western Conference is still very top heavy. It, they Jaylen, just made it to the finals that, and went through a lot of those. Yes, teams, so. yeah, they made it through the finals. Uh, they knocked. Who did they knock off? In Phoenix. The first? They knocked. Or no, off, they knocked off the Jazz first, then Phoenix. Yes, the Jazz off. Phoenix. Right. So you're saying they're so they're so stacked. They got worry about Phoenix. They just beat Phoenix. Yes, and they also lo- – lo- Phoenix is losing DeAndre Ayton. He's probably uh, going to Detroit. That's what everybody is saying. So that's fine and, 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 and great. But, again, we don't know what Phoenix is going to be next year. Phoenix could be even better next year. They could add another player, another piece. Right, they might use the Ayton money for something else. Yes. Um, uh, we, also, we also look at the Western Conference. I don't if, – if LeBron decides to stay, I can't see, I can't see the Lakers being this bad – uh, next year, and by the way, the Clippers are going to be a lot better next year because Kawhi Leonard's coming back. So there's a lot of teams in the Western Conference that are just going to be better next year because of health problems and other problems. And and San Antonio might be better too because San Antonio, this is the last year for Greg Popovich. They're going to pull all the straws. They're going to put all their straws in there to try to win or, or or try to bring in players to help them win. Being that it could be Greg Popovich's last year, I think Brunson would be better off staying with the Mavericks. But again, he has some kind of love and affection for the New York Knicks. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the Knicks. I think the Knicks already know. If they're doing all this and they're moving pieces away and moving salary room the way they did, I think they already know that they're getting Jalen Brunson. I think they already know it. So I'm just I'm just telling you I don't what think, I, I don't I don't think it's that they know that they're getting Jalen Brunson, but they, I think that they know that they need to bring in a free agent, and that's going to cost them money. So it's salary cap room either way. Whether it's Brunson or someone else. You're probably right, but I, there's just something about this. I mean, it, it, first of all, being at 11, and they, everybody keeps talking about Jaden Ivey and the Knicks were talking about moving up. I think the Knicks could absolutely move up and get Jaden Ivey. I think it was too hot for their blood, and I think they just didn't want to do that. So they knew at a number 11 they had to move out of that pick. They needed to see if they could free up some salary room from Kemba Walker because they weren't going to move on from him. They couldn't move him just by not giving anything. And so they had to give up a pick for it. And and what they did is they, they had to do one for the other. Islanders did that for many, many years. For the last two years, they've been doing that. To I mean, when they went after, uh, what's his name again, from Ottawa? Who, who, um, Pajot. Pajot. The Islanders had to give away a first and a second to, to, to get Pajot. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you got to pay the stupid yeah, tax. Yeah, you have to pay the stupid tax. So that's what the Knicks knew that they had to do. They, even though the 11th pick wasn't a stupid tax, I don't know if it was going to be a good player. I mean, there was. I told, I told you the Knicks getting Kemba was going to be a bad idea. I saw it when he was with Boston. 
That was a bad idea paying Kemba Walker. You're probably right. Mm-hmm. And so the Knicks had to give up, and they had to part ways with the first-round draft pick to, to get rid of that contract But because they had one more year left on that contract, and the Knicks want to win now. So hopefully, if everything falls together for the Knicks, they get Jalen Brunson, and they get the point guard. And even though they didn't get Jaden uh, Ivey, they got a guy that's 26, 27 years old, fairly still young, and still has a lot of years left to basketball, and he wants to be there and wants to play with R.J. Barrett. And then you have your point guard of the future right there in New York. So if that works out, it's not a bad move. Are you going to agree with me? If the, somehow the Knicks get Jalen Brunson, are you going to say it was a bad move by the Knicks? Me personally? Yes. I don't think he's a bad player, but I think Jalen Brunson is severely overrated. Overrated? I, don't, I, I think he's overrated. Yeah, I think people are putting too much value in Jalen Brunson. I think he's a nice player. But I don't think he's a difference maker. I think he's a point guard, and that's something the Knicks need. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, listen, they definitely have needs, and point guard would be a need. It's a huge but I, need. I, I th- but, right, but I think Jalen Brunson is overrated. Okay. He's it, barely it, a starter on Dallas. All right, let me barely. ask you a question. Out of all the point guards the Knicks have had in the last 10 years, is Jalen Brunson the best if he plays for the Knicks? Um. It's kind of a loaded question because I actually like what Derrick Rose did. Yeah, but Derek he's Rose he's, he's yes, he's pretty good, but he's more of a backup. When he went to the Knicks, he was more of a backup guy. A I understand guy. the injuries have hampered him, yes. but you know, former league MVP. I yes. think Derrick Rose can shoot and play. A he's role, still a so. Nick. He's still a Nick. He's still there. <clears throat> no, 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 right, mm-hmm. right. No, I know that, but I think he can play a role and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think it's just a younger Derrick Rose. I don't think Jalen Brunson is a great shooter. I think he's a good point guard and distributor and, and that kind of part. I don't think he plays great defense, and I don't think he's a great shooter. Is he also he might nice play better defense, sure. though, in Thibodeau's system. Though. That could help. Yeah, that, that, that could be as well, but I, I don't think he's the player Nick fans are hoping for. No, they're, they're, and also bringing in Jalen Brunson, he could be a piece. If he has a good season, he could be a trade piece. And I think that that's a fair criticism before you go call me a Jalen Brunson hater and a Nick hater. Listen, I don't know what Jalen Brunson is. He had two good years. And maybe going to New York would revive him even more and make him become even a super superstar. Jalen Brunson has a lot of talent. He averaged, what, 17 points a game this year? I could see Jalen Brunson, if he has a good season, he could average 22, 21 points. And for a point guard, that's good. And if he's giving you, you know, six to seven assists a game, which he's pretty good at, you know, tallying the ball, I think that's a Pretty good targeted piece for the New York Knicks. 16.3 points a game, 3.9 rebounds, 4.8 assists. He shot over 50%, a little over 50% from the field, 84% free throw shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should shoot 50% when you're wide open because Luka Doncic has four dudes on him. I don't know about four. He's got two guys on him. You know, but... Right, so so every shot J- Jalen Brunson takes is wide open. That's not going to happen, isn't it? I don't know if it's wide open. Come on, Jeff. Well, and also, again, you also the Knicks need some kind of floor spacing, too. So even if he does get attention, it'll help them get other guys open more, too. The Knicks have had a trouble with pace and team speed for quite a while because Thibodeau, as good of a defensive coach as he is, sometimes plays a slower system, too, which is why Julius Randle flourished in his first year but was awful in his second year because the tempo was perfect for him. Then they tried to get a little faster. The Knicks improved in some areas offensively and fell off everywhere else. I mean, but think about how funny it is. Like, New Yorkers and Knicks fans in general have been like, we're getting this superstar. We're getting Donovan Mitchell. We're getting 
you know, all these guys, oh, they want to come. And the best piece that you can actually hope for this offseason is Jalen Brunson. Again, we don't know what we don't know what the Knicks have in store. Maybe they do get Donovan Mitchell. Maybe they do. They won't. They can only afford so much. I, I think know. they only have $20, $20 million. $20 million, dollars, yes. Now, now right, that so $20 million doesn't get you Donovan Mitchell. But Donovan his, Mitchell is the max contract got, value, and that's $35 million a year. So you're still $15 million short of paying for one year okay. of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, okay, and you have a guy like Julius Randle where you could trade Julius Randle in that trade, in a, in a three-team trade and then to what's get left? And then, and then what's left of that team? You well, still need a big guy. What's your best big guy? Mitchell Robinson? Oh, uh, you, Ner- you have Nerlin Noel, too. Uh, who's a journeyman. Okay, but he's he, he's a pretty he's good... He's played well since he's come to the Knicks. Yeah, he was but, the best right, shot blocker but, okay. before. Right. The year before, well, before he hurt himself, he was the best shot blocker the in the NBA. Hold on. Hold on. Here's the question. Flat out. Are you a better team? Are, are the Knicks a better team if they trade Julius Randle? Or are they a worse team if they trade Julius Randle? If they're trading Julius Randle for Donovan Mitchell, they're a better team. <laughs> I'm just saying they're going to have no rim protection. Okay, they're going to have be a big man short. They're going to be three fouls every game from sending Nerlens. I'm Noel sorry, to the bench and if, having no rim protection. If you, if you were to post up something right now, who would you rather, Julius Randle or Donovan Mitchell on your team? It's not. It's not who's better because it's a whole team. You saw that with the Celtics this year, and I'll use the Celtics because yeah. I know them best. Mm-hmm. When Rob Williams is in and you have rim protection. It makes everyone else All right, better so at their New job. All right, so Noel, who is – hold on. Nerlens Noel was out a whole season last year because he was injured. He's coming back this year. He's signed. He was the best rim protector in the NBA the year before. The best. Right, but you Number need, one. Right but, right, but you need more than one because, again, look at the Celtics. They All right. still had big guys on their roster. They still had – They have one. They have another one. Was, His name right. is Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, it's not enough. It's That's not two. enough. I'm telling you. What are you talking about? It's two right there. Right. They need to be in the lineup at the same time. There's a, there's a power forward and there's a center. You can't have a six foot five guy playing power forward. Jeff, again, you say that the the Knicks don't have shot blockers. They do. They have arguably the best one in the NBA when healthy. False, Rob Williams. But okay, Rob Williams this year, the year before Nerlens Noel. He was, and that's a fact. You can go look up the numbers. Nerlens Noel was the oh, best. Right, the numbers again. Well, look true. at the numbers. It's true. It's true. Right. How was he this year? Oh, well, hey, what's healthy. the best ability? What's the best availability? There you go. It was uh, Nerlens Noel. That's your, that's your saying. The best avail- ability is available. Not my saying. It's very common. Yeah. Uh, did you ever hear that saying before I said it to you last no, week? No, I haven't. Jim, no, I haven't. You've never heard that? Never. Never. Okay. Never. <laughs> that's why. Insanity. That's why. That's right. Linsanity. <laughs> it's like you're living in banana land. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there a, it is. There's a throwback. Banana land. Uh, you haven't used that one in a while. Banana Listen, land. I, you, no, I'm, in, need, I'm in strawberry I land. I like strawberries. I think you'd still need Julius Randle. I don't think the Knicks need The young Randall. players also played better without him towards the end of the season. Yep. So. Obi Toppin played his best games when yeah. Julius Randle wasn't playing. I think Obi Toppin, he can emerge into that four. Mm-hmm. As a well-rounded guy, yes, he has to improve his rebounding. I agree with that. But he again, he didn't play a lot, and he played better in terms of team value. If you look at Ju- look at Julius Randle when he's not in the, in the game this season, and look at Obi Toppin with the more minutes he played. Right. Obi Toppin shined Wait, when they, he played. These guys, these guys could take a step forward, but you're counting on that they would take a step forward. They're not proven commodities. They're Nobody not, said listen, that, but they, they, maybe. They, 
Toppin right. was an eighth but overall pick. You should be you should be developing. If they don't develop, that's... Right. There's a lot of dudes that... Oh, sure. I'm not denying that, what but... Happened Ke- what happened to Kevin Knox? Kevin Knox was a high draft pick. I didn't like Kevin Knox. You like Kevin Knox. You like Kevin Knox. Oh, Kevin Knox, so good. Yeah, you like what Kevin Knox. What happened to him? Shipped him out. Uh, yeah, did you oh, like him? Did you not? Did you like him? Did you like him? Frank Did you like him? Jeff, Jeff, come on, man. Stop talking, Jeff. Jeff, I'm asking you a question. Jeff? Sure. Did you like Kevin Knox? I thought he was okay. Oh, stop thought, it. No, you didn't. I thought he had potential. You I loved he had potential. him. You loved him. Not true. Yes, you did. You loved Not him. Not true. You loved him. But I, I would tell you if I did, there's been plenty of bums that I've really liked that, that have stunk. Oh, yeah. Give me one. Zayden Collins. <laughs> had a good, <laughs> had a good first... Had a first good five games. I knew he was going to bring You were thinking the same thing. I knew he was going to bring him up. <laughs> Please. Oh, you, you said name one, and then I named one, and then you're mad that I named one. You don't know what Steven oh. Collins is. He played he was one a that... special teamer. His highlight of the year was re- recovering an onside kick. <laughs> Snug says, Obi Toppin sounds like the name of a rapper that doesn't cuss, and his raps are very positive messages. Well, but again, going back to Toppin, most people had him in that draft <laughs> as a top five talent not necessarily picked just based on fit and need but they had him as a talent like that so if he develops like he should you have a guy that's a good rim protector taller than julius randall better defensively than julius randall so if they use him right maybe he can develop into that role so if julius randall is playing for donovan mitchell traded for donovan mitchell or he's even just uh, donovan mitchell plays a two then he plays a four more full time (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't think getting rid of Julius Randle makes you a better team immediately. Maybe it makes you a better team, like, in the future. But I'll tell you what. I think that team takes I'll a take, step back I'll next take, year without Julius Randle. I think I'll take Jason Tatum for Julius Randle. You want to make the trade? <laughs> no, Jason Tatum is a all- Wait, we want to throw in six first-round picks? That's what I'm we'll That's my trade. I mean, you love him so much, I'll trade Jason him for Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is a first-team All-NBA. No one's trading that. Uh, I'm just saying, you love him so much, I'll trade him for Jason Tatum. No, but I think he's a worthwhile player. I don't think the Knicks are better without him. I'm not saying they're better without him. I just don't think he's. But a that was the question fit. I said. Do you he's think not a fit. With him or better he's, without he's him. He's not a fit with the Knicks. He's not a fit with their current young players. They played better with Barrett having much more of a bigger role and Toppin in the second quarter. When Randall came out of the game, they played better defensively, especially in the second Snug, half. Snug, I know you're trying to make a joke, Julius Randall, for Steph. I would. I would, also throw probably six first round picks. I, I, I'll keep Julius Randall. Thank you very much. I don't want Steph Curry. Okay. Well, that's a good pick right there. Well, Jaden Hardy. Oh yeah, this yeah. this late. Yeah, he was supposed to be a mid late first round pick. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was like a mid-first rounder. This kid was the number two kid in his high school class. Like, this kid can play basketball. I remember that, yeah. I I, I was surprised that he was only projected there initially, <clears throat> even at the beginning of the draft process, too. He he wasn't as high as even some of the other ones, too. And think, now he falls to the second round. Story, yeah. I think a big story out of this draft, very honestly, is the poor choices high school kids have made. Like, I think this kid made a poor choice playing in the G League. And I think that's what hurt his draft stock. Mm, where I think, possible. whereas if he had yeah. gone to college, it would I think it would have been easier for him. I think the reason why he went to the G League was because of money. And and of the, course, yes. And and these kids are trying to support their families and uh, nil baby. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the, and that's why I think this the NBA needs to change this. It, you, LeBron James, I think was the last guy to come out of high school to play in the NBA. I think that. I think that needs to be, and I think it will be changed again. That if you, if you as an athlete want to go and play 
NBA basketball out of high school, that's your decision. And you should be allowed to do that. And why the NBA took that away was because college coaches and NC, the NCAA were complaining that these guys were just going straight up into the NBA when they're losing talent to go play college basketball. It's I realize horrible. you guys are talking basketball, mm-hmm. but what uh, I, I wanted to just switch gears for a second okay. because I know that we I were know just talking. Fire, we were talk- I know this will fire Errol up. This oh, I can't great. wait for this. How do you feel about the, 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 the controversy with Colorado's goal in overtime last night? We were talking about it. We were talking about it. Um, Here's, I I think it's funny that Tampa's complaining about it because this is the same thing that happened to the Islanders last year in Game Seven. So I I think it's, I think it's a joke. uh, I actually think it's a joke because it it shows people a don't read the rule book, and it also shows b if you want to complain about the the six man on the ice for the, the avalanche. You also have to uh, take into consideration. There were seven guys on the yeah. ice mm-hmm. for Tampa. And literally the, there was, I, I couldn't see who it was. I think it was Ruda uh, literally in the spot parallel to where McKinn was going off the ice that all the Tampa fans right. were complaining about. They want to, they want to penalize Colorado because of a, uh, because Nathan McKinnon got into a fight with a door. <laughs> yeah, not only that, they they had to change the scoring first of all because Eric Johnson was on the ice but out of the play, like he was near the goalie. And Nazem Kadri, once he touched the puck, they showed where McKinnon was. People thinking it's just when he gets on the ice. No, it's actually when he touches the puck, and that's the other rule that I guess the Lightning didn't understand. I also find it funny that. I know he brought up the Islanders as one specific example, but the Lightning have certain years led the league in too many men penalties too. So if anything, they should be used to it, getting away with it. But it's, but it's just funny. To, it's, but it's just funny to me because the rule actually says if you read the rule, if you're within five feet of the bench, you're considered on the bench. Right. And yeah, and the way McKinnon was was there, he his, his hands are right on the bench. He was climbing. His stick was on the ground. He was out of the play. I don't know why. They're... I don't know why they're complaining about anything. They, they, honestly, they had no chance in this series. I, I didn't think Tampa had a chance in this series, and it, it's proven to no be kidding. it's proven to be showing that. I mean, the Avalanche are a better team, and and and, and we expected this. Jeff, you even said it. You, you, there was nobody beating the Avalanche this year, especially the way they're playing. If they could find any, if if they find any goaltending, which they did, they're 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 going to be hard to beat. Nathan McKinnon is one of the top two players in the NHL. He is not even close to the best player on his team. How's that? Really, Nathan McKinnon? Yeah. Yes. No, not even close. Yes, not even close. Makar. Kale Makar is easily, dude. If you've been watching, first of all, Kale Makar has more goal, more goals and points in this series, Mm -hmm. right? And if you've been watching, Kale McCarr is the quarterback. How he goes, the rest of the team goes, yeah, is McKinnon a good player? Of course. Is he fast? Very fast. Kale McCarr is the best skater in the league, mm-hmm. hands down, bar none. Well, I don't know about that. Connor McDavid's the best skater. He had top speed for Hell a defenseman, no. and it was se- it was no. second among all skaters. Uh, I- I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't K- care. I, th- I still think Kale McCarr is the shiftiest dude. If Kale McCarr played center like Connor McDavid did, it would be over for the rest of the league. Kale McCarr is giving everyone a break. All by right, saying, that's you know your, what? I'll hang back at the that, floor. That's your opinion. I think Nathan McKinnon's the better player. I think Nathan McKinnon's the best player on that team. He's a fantastic player. He really is. And uh, for a guy that only and played I'm six... I'm not even sure he's better than Kadri. Kadri scored a goal last night. Only one hand. Kadri is nowhere he's close. He's been to... playing better in the playoffs, he's maybe. Nowhere but close. Not by, he's not a better he player. He's kidding. Relax. Uh, he's nowhere close to the talent Nathan McKinnon Nazem Kadri has to be the best Middle Easterner in, in hockey. Yeah. Probably is. Yes. Yeah, he is. Yes, yeah, he Of course. 
There you go. I mean, he's also a journeyman, too. So uh, Not a journeyman. He's only no, he's not a journeyman. He was just stuck on Toronto or just getting out the first no, round. No, he's played year. on three different teams, didn't he? I don't think so. I, I think thought he went th- right to Colorado. I think he's been on three different teams. Uh, Carl says, what a pass from the goalie. Yes, see. Kemper did have a very nice assist. Uh, Jeff, uh, Carl wants to know, mm-hmm. Jeff, if you like Kadri talking trash about the Tampa ice. Dude, is there – dude, I called my buddy, my home buddy, one of my old teammates, a kid named Roy Sperry. Mm-hmm. I called him today because he's a real piece of shit, right? <laughs> he's like a real – and like when we played, he was just the biggest dirt bag I've ever seen. And, and I love the kid to death, but he's left-handed and kind of a piece of shit and whines and complains about everything. And I literally called him earlier, I swear to God, and I said, I thought that that was you, a left-handed kid that all he does is spear people and bitch and moan, right? And you've got Kadri going. I believe the quote was, the effing ice is terrible out there, right? He's bitching about the ice and then goes and scores the game-winning goal. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John Cooper doesn't want to complain about that. No, all he wants to do is complain about too many men on the ice. Well, yeah, have your defense stop a guy that hasn't played in over a week. It's so funny with John Cooper. John Cooper, John Cooper is such a hypocrite. He really is. I know. Well, the the team gets away, away with so many two men men on the ice penalties over the course of the last eight years. They practically went to the Stanley Cup Finals because they did that, and they're complaining about no, that. No, I, I know that, but also in a larger sample. I think 2015, I want to say 2018, and there was one other year they led the league in too many men on the ice penalties. And honestly, as an Islander fan, it is what it is. Move on. I mean, I, it does bother me as an Islander fan that the Islanders c- could have won a Stanley Cup last year if that was called. But again, right, I, but, I, but, I but think that's the same thing yeah. that happened last night, right? Yeah. Like, the, the, you see this all the time. Yeah. And God bless you, Errol. You're a good guy. But you just, like, you ignore hockey norms. Mm-hmm. When when it's your team that ju- it didn't you know the bounce of the ball didn't go your way. Yep. The rule is if you're within five feet of the bench, you're considered on the bench, which is what happened last year. But you complained, oh, he's still on the ice, he's still on the ice, right? If you're within five feet of the bench, you're on the bench. That's what the rule says. So the goal was scored and you lost. Okay, that's so what it is. Here, here's the thing, and I, I want to ask you a question because this, this, I understand the rules of the NHL and and how Gary Bettman wants to. And by the way, the there was a whole shit ton of penalties in the last 10 minutes of the third period and in overtime, trippings, Here's boardings, my Here's my question. Here's my question. Called. Okay, you're five feet away from the bench and the puck hits you. It, it's, it hits you, in the, hits you in the skate. And you're going to the bench. Is it a penalty? No, it's not because the rules actually say you have to intentionally play the puck. I'm sorry. Defense. I'm sorry. That's a penalty, dude. You're you're getting involved in the play. Uh, wrong. The you're getting involved. Okay, the rule. Go to the rule. rule. I, I understand. Rule. I I understand the rule. But as a hockey player, you're getting in. The, you're getting in the way of the play. That's a penalty. What does the rule say? I, I understand what the rule says. Okay, so you understand what the rule says. Yes, I understand and the rule. And then you want to ignore the rule. No, the NHL what? needs to change the rule. They Brandon, need to change the rule. Then advocate for that. Don't say, oh, well, if you go to the bench and you're within five feet, the puck is you. Honestly, no, honestly, if you should be allowed to challenge too many men on the ice. You should be able to challenge it. And if you could prove that. Right, because there's always the people going on and coming off. And you could you could literally, this is the, if you want to be that strict with the rule, you can honestly call too many men on the ice. Every shift change. Right. It's Everyone. so informal. It's hard to judge. That's why we were saying maybe have a separate replay area to make that kind of thing happen where they could see the exact line change in the locations in the freeze frame for the replays. Because not all replays are going to be able to show it. Uh, Carl, I don't have the tape. I'm not a replay official. But 
yeah, that, that's the kind of thing that might be able to expand the replay to the next level. And the NHL does a good job, I think, of not, except for maybe a couple in front of the net, not blowing the impulse whistles in order to judge that kind of thing. But something that informal is sometimes very hard to judge for okay. a, well, a referee right well, away. So they might be able to do that like they do in baseball with the replay well, let's monitors. Go back to, well, let's go back to last night. Let's just go back to last night. Do you blow the whistle and stop the play because there was a six man on the ice fighting with the door? No, that's and, what I'm and, saying. And the NHL does right, well with that. Gonna, <laughs> and, and you're going to stop the play and take away a goal because that team is saying you have too many men on the ice when that, the, the, the home team had more men on the ice. Well, yeah, and technically, if you want to complain the same way, they were both McKinnon and Ruda or whoever it was on the other side were technically Ruda not. and yeah, yeah, and I think Nick Paul was going off, too, and he went off in the middle and was fine. It was the, yeah, it was the other end of it that I couldn't see for Tampa, but they had enough I guys. Show, I can send you the picture of the seven guys. We on have it right here. Yeah. Said, right. Speedy actually gave it's, me the picture, yeah. Right. It's seven guys on the ice, technically eight if you want to count the goalie, right? right? Yeah. But seven guys on the ice for Tampa, six on the ice for Colorado. And the team with seven is bitching about the team with six. So you want to take away a goal when you had more men on the ice. I, I, I don't know what John Cooper is trying to do, but he makes himself look like a fool. That's what, he, that's what it makes him look like. Like you're complaining about something that you're, you're not going to win the argument, one. Two, uh, your team did the same thing last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. So I don't, I don't right, understand. But it's still not uh, a penalty. I understand that. But and it's this is why funny. I like to this, because Islander fans will cry endlessly. Penalty, penalty, save us, penalty. No, within five feet of the bench, you're on the bench. Uh, and let's go back to the, all the non-calls. They weren't going to call the too many men on the ice because they allowed five, six trippings, by the way, on both sides. Yeah. The game was getting real dirty, right? Mm. But the refs had decided, and this is hockey, whether you like it or not, the refs put the whistles away unless somebody's bleeding and dying or the penalty that they have to call, which is delay a game. Those are the, those were the only two penalties they were going to call. They didn't call anything else on either team. They said, screw it. Let the boys decide it. And I'm glad they did it made for great hockey. I I do. uh, We were talking about the Jimmy Garoppolo thing and it's, it's such an interesting story. uh, Jimmy Garoppolo stinks. (laughs) He stinks. But But uh, he's still good enough to beat Aaron Rodgers. Oh God, here he goes again. I, I, I mean, the Did sto- he not beat Aaron Rodgers? I mean, the story right now. On the road, in the snow, I mean in the Lambeau. I mean, the story right now is. The hardest place to become, play on the planet, but Jimmy Garoppolo can win? If he, could be, if he becomes available, there's a very good chance that the Cleveland Browns can make a move for him. Now, it's an interesting move because if they decide to release Baker Mayfield, I don't know why they would just release Baker Mayfield. I would not release him unless I get something back for him. You don't trade. He's getting traded, just so you know. They're already in. Seattle's yes. already in contract talks with Baker. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. I, yeah. I heard it was Carolina, too. Nope, Seattle. Seattle, really? I, pr- I, pr- I promise you, and, and when it happens, and I'm not going to tell you how I know, but I'm just going to tell you it's going to be a mid-round pick, like fifth-round pick really? for Baker Mayfield, and Seattle's going to give him an extension. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's from the same person that told me three months before Edelman was going to retire, and then he retired. Real and before fast. anyone's like, oh, you're making that up, Errol. Did I tell you three yes. months before Edelman was going to retire, he retired? Yes. Yes. Okay. Same person. He's going to Seattle. It's going to be like a fifth, sixth-round pick. Mm-hmm. And then it's and then they're going to uh, give him an move. extension. That's a great move by Seattle. That's a great move. I mean, you're not giving up anything for him. 
And you have two good fifth round pick. That's still pretty good. Ah, fifth round pick for Baker Mayfield, who is one play was one play away one play away from going to AFC title game two years ago. Clears up all their problems, and Cleveland already has a backup that they like. No, it, it clears up Seattle's problems absolutely. Not really. It makes the things muddier out there because they also got uh, Drew Locke. Oh. And the don't worry, they they could Geno cut Geno Smith. Smith. Already Geno, Geno Smith, Smith is gone, and and Baker, move him to running back. And and, 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 and to me. Drew Locke is a backup. We all know he's a backup. He's not a starter. And for him to think that dangerous he Dangerous move. This is a dangerous move for Baker, though, because if he goes and loses his job to Drew Locke, say he loses yes. that quarterback competition, yes. who's ever going to want Baker Mayfield? Nobody. Nobody. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. But I don't see Baker Mayfield losing anything against Drew Locke. And I think Baker Mayfield will succeed over there because I think he's he's not the same quality quarterback as Russell Wilson, but he's an accurate quarterback. And, and and if the offensive line scares me, but they added Cross, this, you know, in the draft, who is a very good pass rushing offensive lineman. So I, maybe, my buddy is usually pretty spot on. So I'd be it might not happen, but I'd be stunned if that wasn't the deal. Hey, listen, I, I still think he's going to Carolina. That's why I think he fits the best. They can't do it. Really? Why? Because they can't keep giving up more draft capital for quarterbacks that don't work out. <laughs> oh, what are they giving him? A fifth? <laughs> no, the, no, the way I the Panthers who... work, they'll give they'll give the third. <laughs> but it's not gonna. But it's not gonna matter because they gave up a second and a third yep. for second and fourth for for oh, second and fourth for Sam Darnold, yes. and now you're gonna give up more draft picks for another quarterback that. Let's be honest. There's question marks around. Hey, listen, the the, the Jets capitalized on that pick too, or that second round pick. They did. They moved up and they got uh, Johnson, which could turn out to be a fantastic, fantastic move by them. But and out of and out of all the quarterbacks in the world, Baker Mayfield isn't even close to the one that got screwed over the worst by their team. Isn't even close. Quinn Ewers has beef. Oh yeah. And Sam Darnold too. I mean, what the Jets did to Sam Darnold too. Does he Jeff? Does Not he transfer again, or does he play this he, year and then transfer next can't. year? He can't. He can't, he can't transfer. So here's the here's the deal. You get one free transfer, okay. right? You get one transfer where uh, I'm going anywhere and I'm going to play tomorrow. It's an impact, yes. And and he use and he use that transfer, right? Now if he transfers, he has to sit out a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that was the dilemma because I was seeing like different scenarios. Does he play this year and then? And then either go somewhere else and then sit the year. <laughs> then he only gets two years out of it before he goes I, into the NFL. If I'm Quinn Ewers, I transfer right now. Transfer now, just oh, get it out of the way. Oh, okay. you, you, you want me here. You tell me I'm the guy, and then you bring in this stiff? Nah, yeah, man. Right. Good luck playing without a quarterback this year. <laughs> that was sticking to them. Yeah, that's that, what I would do. I mean, that, would, that would make all the Texas fans eat their words on their quote-unquote expectations they love to have. Because if you want to go to the NFL, you have to be three years removed from high school. Yeah. Right? right. Yes. And so, so if he plays one year and then sits out, he's only going to have one year of tape and then try to go into the draft. Mm-hmm. Nah, dog, I'm transferring today. Right. Uh, Carl, Carl says uh, the Knicks draft Trevor Keels, those the guard out of Duke at the 42nd pick. And Stuck says, Geno Smith can be the new Ryan Fitzmagic. Yeah. Good luck with that. He'll never be as iconic as a, of a beard as that. <laughs> Exactly. He'll never grow as luscious of a beard as Ryan Fitzpatrick did. Huh. But 
Quinn Ewers got beef, bro. I know. I was stunned when I saw that today. I'm like, what? They just tra- they just acquired Ewers. Ewers had so much upside last year too. I thought of it in the same light as the way Arch did this year too. And yet, here's what's even here's what's even better because I, I know Arrow will get mad too, right? Because oh, Bryce Young and his NIL deal of eight hundred thousand, dude. What did they give Arch Manning? How much money did they get? I said the same thing. The only reason why Arch Manning went to Texas is because they had they deeped his pockets. That's what they did. Of course they did. That's what everyone. That's what's happening to everyone. Of course. But this has to be the NIL deal that end all NIL deals. It has to be. Mm-hmm. I'd be stunned if it wasn't two, three million a year for this kid. Really, you think it's that much, dude? Do you know how much money Texas has? Yeah. And do you know how much they love football? Yeah. And do you know how bad they've been for like the last? Oh, most underwhelming years? team every year. <laughs> every dude, they lost to Kansas last year. I know. I was joking dude, all Kansas over Twitter today. Uh, all these uh, Texas might have got this great tra- transfer. Yeah, they're still the team that lost to Kansas and had zero draft picks in this past NFL draft. They're saying he's not <laughs> starting this year. It doesn't even matter. Well, it depends on what the U.S. <laughs> transfer scenarios, too. Of, of course he's not starting this year. Do you know why he's not starting this year? Why? Because he's a senior in high school. Mm. Thank you. So, uh, so Carl... that's why he wouldn't be starting, because he still has to go to high school one more year. Right. So U.S. would be able to play, but then the following season is when Arch Manning gets there. Because the timing of this thing was really to time it up so other – recruits can be like, oh, that's where he's going. Oh, I'm going to Texas too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, yeah, it was supposed to be that way for Ewers too, because again, Ewers could have. <laughs> How good do you think this kid is? Honestly. He's good, man. He's good. Really? Yeah, he's good. A lot of people are picking on the conference that he played in. He played in a rich kid conference because it was a private, private school, but the, the kid's good, man. The kid's really good. He can spin it. Well, I'm sure he can. I mean, his his two uncles were fantastic, you know, obviously Hall of Famers, and his grandfather was a Hall of Famer too. So, I mean, I mean, will he be the best in the class? I mean, who is knows? Arch Manning? Is Arch Manning in the Hall of Fame? No, he's not. I'm not sure, no, but not. he played on no, some just awful teams that yeah, he should just be on there just for that. Yes, so he's not. But the, his two uncles are going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? You know. Yeah, but he Peyton yeah he's right really now. good, dude. He's really is really he good. is he is he better than Peyton was coming out of high school? Oh man, that's tough. He doesn't have the height Peyton had. That's a problem. He's probably got a stronger arm than Peyton had. Like if you go back to when Peyton was in high school, mm-hmm. it took Peyton and Peyton Manning never had a big arm, anyways. Right. He right. never had like the strongest. No, he was accurate. But, yeah. yeah. Right, but he he didn't have the arm this kid has. This kid can throw it. Mm. I think it's I think it's a little give and take because I don't think he has the accuracy that, that Peyton had, but I think his arm is stronger than what Peyton's was at this point when you know like when Peyton was coming out of high school, right. you know. Definitely, definitely will have better mobility already. <laughs> right, because I you you don't want to compare high school prospects to Hall of Fame NFLers. That's completely unfair, right? Right. Mm. So, but yeah, I would say, and I would definitely say at this point. He's far beyond what either Eli or Peyton were. Far beyond. Well, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's to be attributed to there's better workout programs now than there used to be. Like, you know, people are smarter with what they put in their bodies than what they used to be. Like mm-hmm. everything it's so much different now that it's hard to like compare really. Also, I think the way the recruiting works too, that seems like they were able to make, 
show all the videos, be able to hype it right from the start because he was basically taking tours around the SEC. He was on. You, you think you think that's the recruiting, or do you think it's I'm just going to back a truck full of cash up to your house and you? Well, that's of course, of course. I'm not denying that, and the schools are going to be wealthier than they used to be when when Peyton was playing too. That, 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 no, it, no doubt. I just think that like the hype factor. Obviously, I was too young to remember what it was for Peyton and Eli, but I, the way they the way they brand the quarterbacks, especially even with Ewers just last year too, they were doing him for a. a a long time too. He went to Ohio State, then he didn't, he didn't start, then just transferred right away too. So they're just having a lot more freedoms the way the rules work too, and obviously the money, like you were saying, the NILs that are going to be changing I gotta be, everything. I got, I got to be honest, I was stunned. Yeah, stunned I think everybody was because it, it, it seemed like it was going to be four. It was the four SEC schools, Alabama. It just, wasn't even four SEC schools because Alabama made their choice two weeks ago and signed that kid, and I was like, well, that's it. It's done. Georgia got their guy. Okay. Yeah, and then there was I think Ole Miss was in the running and is LSU was the other one that were in the mix? No, they no 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 no. Neither one of those. It was Virginia, Georgia, Texas, and um shit, I forget the other one. But Virginia believe it or not, Virginia was in there. Like Oh wow, okay. Why? I didn't hear that. Maybe I was thinking of earlier in the process then, because I definitely remember something with Ole Miss, but maybe that was earlier on. Uh, Carl says, "Well, that was the speculation because of Eli okay. and Arch and Archie Manning. That's where Eli and Archie went." Okay, I thought there was some kind of connection too with Lane Kiffin, but I might be remembering that wrong. Uh, Carl says they gave Archer Ranch and an oil rig. Snug okay. says Texas is the new Chargers. Uh, similarly, but I think Texas has crumbled more. Actually, the fact that Archie Manning is still alive is amazing, based on how bad the Saints line was. Yeah, they were probably literally the one of the worst rosters of all time. <laughs> Aints, as I mean, they call it. And I mean Texas. Texas. I don't think it's fair to compare them to the Chargers. I think if you want to compare them to someone, they're the Knicks because they always say they're going to be good, but then they never are. Well, no, I I think Slug is comparing to what I call the Chargers of the least clutch team in football. Like, whenever they have these great, like, loaded rosters, they either crumble in the playoffs or lose close games. I think Texas is probably a little more of they lose games they shouldn't lose type thing and find ways to underwhelm. Yeah. <laughs> but that's college football. There's a ton of games that teams lose that they shouldn't lose. Should Alabama have lost to Texas A&M? Right. No, no, I, I understand that yeah but it always seems like texas has that kind of thing in a conference that really has always been top heavy too mm. they the, the big 12 isn't thought of as deep all the time either i think there was i think there was the one year tcu baylor and oklahoma were good like 10 years ago like all three of them finished in the top 10 but beyond that it's usually just a two-team race and oklahoma's won most of those except for baylor last year and then um they've won all of them yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, they didn't win all of them. Okay. I thought I thought there was one like weird exception year, but I know Baylor no, won last like, year and no Oklahoma has been in. Obviously, Baylor nipped them last year, but Oklahoma yeah. before that was in the uh, let's just call it the Final Four because it's just easier. Yeah. They were in the Final Four like the previous four out of five years. Uh, right. Yeah, and I think in terms Don't of you the... remember them losing by fifty every year to Alabama? Oh, of course. <laughs> no, nobody said they were good in the playoff because they don't play defense. But nevertheless, I think. Before that, even there were like three other teams that won even a Big 12 championship more recently than Texas. That's how bad their drought is because they tend to underwhelm every year despite getting all these great recruiting classes and having the leverage of just being in Texas. Now, granted, other Texas programs have grown too, but still, like that's a little prestige thing. That's why him going to Texas has to be about the NIL deal. Of course. I've even ventured a guess up to $5 million because Texas, Mm. they stink. There's nobody there. No one's going there. And they're going to get absolutely hammered 
week in and week out when they jump to the SEC. Oh, yeah. They are going I can't to wait for score. that. They're going to crash and burn. Yeah. Terrible. What a horrible trust. This kid's an idiot. Well, I don't know about an idiot if he's getting paid for what he's doing. I mean, he he's still... Gotten paid, he could have gotten paid anywhere. Yeah, he but... He could have gotten paid anywhere. Honestly, he's still going to probably be the number one, number one overall pick in the NFL draft a couple of years from now. Because he is his last name Manning. He's the last yeah, name Manning. Not. Last name Manning. That's all I got to say. It's not going to matter. If he, if he shows up and throws up some stinkers, teams aren't going to ignore the film. They're not going to ignore the film. They're going to take the guy that's the best player because it's still a business. Yeah, I guess so. But he's also going to have the pedigree, and that's the way they look at it. And what pedigree? Just because of his last name? If he shows up to Texas and stinks, they're not going to care. Yeah, but what happens if he doesn't stink? Well, that's a whole different story. But he's not exactly setting him up for himself up for success. But here's the thing: when was the, when was the last time Texas had anyone that's any good? Don't say Bijan Robinson either, because that's a running back, and he's going to be leaving before Arch Manning gets there. Right. Here's the thing: I'm going to say to you. If Arch Manning's there, doesn't it help your recruiting class? It certainly does, but they're not a school that gets good players to begin with. So why are you going to go there? Go to a school that can also play defense like Georgia or, or, or Alabama or anywhere else in the SEC can play better defense than Texas plays. Because if, if your goal is playing in as many games and playing in uh, playoff games – so you could be like, oh, I played under pressure and, you know, the stage isn't too big for me. Do you want to prove yourself? Texas isn't the place you go. <laughs> Texas is the place you go if you want to be home on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Texas, the place where big games crumble. Yeah. Do you enjoy turkey? Good. You'll be home by Thanksgiving. <laughs> Carl says, was Texas's biggest win in the past 10 years against Notre Dame? Yeah. You're talking about another school that doesn't win big games. And Notre Dame's probably won more recently than Texas has. Uh, t- well, no, I think their biggest win was probably in the last 10 years. Their biggest win was probably last year when they made that huge comeback and beat Oklahoma. To finish up the show, I want to finish up with the Mets. And uh, obviously, they're interested in Luis Castilla. Uh, a lot of teams are interested in Luis Castilla. The, the Yankees have been connected to Luis Castilla for, like, what, three years? Mm-hmm. Um, they they couldn't make the move. They couldn't pull the trigger at the trade deadline last year. Uh, I, I do believe the Mets, if this is true, if, the, if somehow the Mets land Luis Castilla, I mean, this rotation would be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if you can add somebody like this. Now, they're going to have to give up a significant amount for him. Now, they do have the farm system to do that. They do have two first-round draft picks. Isn't the draft this year, this week? I think it's next week. They uh, just started the combine, their, whatever their version of their combine so is. So they have week. two first-round draft picks this coming, this coming draft. I'm Great sorry. pick last year. That's why, that's why they have two first-round draft picks this year. So um, looking at this. They, uh, here's just a, mm-hmm. a weird question just mm-hmm. because I'm picky and I yeah. want to know. Yeah. So they forfeited their pick last year because yes. they didn't sign them. What, did, what was that pick? Was that fourth? Tenth. 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 Okay, so tenth. So, do they get the tenth pick again this year? No, or no. Th- or just their position? No, it's just their position, which is somewhere in the middle, because they middle. were an average team last year. I think it's like right, seventeen but, or eighteen. Right, but that they have a top ten. Pick, they have a top ten pick this year. They do. Right, but does that pick improve or get worse? It's it stays the same because because they also lost some picks from the free agent signings too. You uh, so they'll I, pick so they'll pick tenth again this year. I don't think and so. Their, and their other pick. 
in in wherever they finish. Yeah, the baseball season. baseball's weird because they there's so so many different ways you could lose draft picks, and with all the free agent signings they made, a lot of those you lost first round picks based off. I definitely know you did with with Marte. I'm pretty sure they did with Canna as well. So wherever their pick is located, they would have lost. Well, they some get other ones the eleventh anyway. pick for Kumar Rocker this year. So they get they get the eleventh pick for him. So uh, uh, losing uh, Kumar uh, Kumar Rocker. So it's and, basically the same yes. pick. So they they okay. get they lose they they get his. That was that was pick. the question. Yeah. I wasn't sure because like, you know you're yeah. jumping other teams when that yeah. happens. So it's I'm so sure, weird yeah. the way baseball does it. They have like five different drafts too. There's the amateur draft. There's now they have five. the combine. Yeah, yeah. The last two years they have the combine, which is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, so it's all very confusing. I don't I don't really understand it completely either. But they lost a bunch of first round picks too because of the free agent signings. All the money they spent this off season too. Dude, Jack so. Lytle looks just like his father. It's hilarious. Mm. Identical to Al. Identical. He's a young version of his father. It's crazy. It really is. He's 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 going to be a really good pitcher, man. Oh yeah, for sure. He's already he's already elevated himself to Double A, I think, and he's he's pitching very well. Uh, going back to Castillo, though, I, I, right now three point seven one ERA. He's forty nine strikeouts to eighteen walks, which is a pretty good ratio too. So the Mets definitely have a good option. Cincinnati's been purging assets like crazy, so it might be easy to pick on them right now. But again, we'll see how fast their other starters come back too, because they, they also could get, use bullpen. If help. they can get Luis Castillo, oh my god! Oh yeah, that, yeah, and, and you're talking about the back end of rotation too that has pitched well in other situations too. Where I think that would be an easy transition if you leave Castillo in as a fourth starter, because every, everyone's healthy. He's probably is that because Bass has played so well this year. He's probably the third if everyone is healthy. Healthy. And that that is a scary and, that's that's McGill, a, and then you have McGill as right. your fifth. I mean, that's that's a scary rotation. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> that would, but that just tells you if they do that, Jacob Degrom will not be resigned next year. They're yeah, they're not sure. gonna, they're not going to resign Jacob Degrom. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, Carl has a question for you. Who are guys that advise college kids their prospective dress? Spot in the NBA draft. He asked that because Musa Diabate from Michigan had no business declaring for the draft. It looks like he won't get drafted and never saw him on any board, yet he was on the list. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, well, so, I mean, there's a whole slew of people that'll do that. Family, agents, uh, insurance people can do that. They, you know, there's, there'll be all kinds of lists. People will check and cross reference and things like that. But generally, agents would advise and things like that. But uh, it's just how do you how do you trust it? Because the the agent is certainly going to be like, oh well, don't go back to school because I want to get paid. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, it's really weird. It's really and of course that kid uh, was on a on a list to get drafted when he had no business being there. You already know why he went to Michigan. <laughs> and he's back to firing shots at Michigan. It was only a matter of time. It's, I was surprised it wasn't in the football part. It's not even a university. It's a clown college at this point. Ooh. A clown college, he says. <laughs> yeah. At least they've won more big games than Texas. Not by much, though. I mean, but it's just a bunch of people, like, you know, compiling lists and go, oh, you compare to this person. Oh, you're better than this person. Should you get drafted hot? You know, like, but all of that stuff happens way before a combine. So it's like, you know, you need to draft it, hire an agent. And then by that point, you're committed. It's the same thing with like Slade Bolden. Do you, do, Slade Bolden left Alabama. Did he have any business saying that he wanted to be an NFL wide receiver? He caught like 
30 passes last year. I, re- I remember when he declared. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> right. It's, you know, but, you know, it's just, it's insanity because it's like, you know, everyone wants to just go and get the money. So there's always a bunch of kids making poor choices about leaving school early rather than, you know, perfecting their craft. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. And I think that and happens. Honestly, if anyone wants to perfect their craft, you just transfer out of Michigan, go just about anywhere else, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so interesting when it comes to college basketball and, and, and being that you only have to play one year of college basketball. I think the NBA eventually will tra- change it back to high school. High school kids can go uh, put themselves in the NBA draft. Uh, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Really? You don't think so? No, because I think there, I think the NBA likes that, you know, if, if a kid is really good and, and doesn't want to go to college, the only other route for him really is to go to the G league. Mm-hmm. And how else would anyone know the G league exists if they weren't forced to tell you some kid was in the G league at every draft. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think that, I think it's partly self-promotion. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth it. I think they believe it's worth it. Like, like this kid, this kid just got drafted. Kendall Brown. Great. You went to Baylor. He could have gone to the G league. How much more happy would the NBA uh, be saying that they drafted a kid out of the G League? Yeah. It's half self-promotion. I guess. Yeah. I guess you're right. You know, I, I think they. I think it's worth it to them to say, oh, this is, oh, it, it, oh, it's our feeding ground. Oh, look at how many kids go there and then go to the NBA. They were going to the NBA anyways. Yes. Uh, but how many games are they going to play and if they're ever going to play? But an NBA bench player is making a top dollar too, so... I think I think the thirteenth guy on the bench is making five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. It's ridiculous. How no, much... I think I thought league minimum was like over a million. Is it? I don't even know. It might it might have changed that recently because I I thought I well, remembered no, six hundred thousand. Like, guys, yeah, you can always get guys on like two way contracts and things that can be less and ten day contracts. Like a, yeah, right. But I think that if you're on a roster and not like a you know like you say a ten day contract or the two way contract, oh, whatever, Jeff is I think right. It's over a million. Two thousand twenty one. It was changed to a million. Yeah. 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 A million dollars. Just over a million. That's crazy. Right. And that's if that's generally if you're like the thirteenth guy on the bench because the last So as soon as these soon as these guys you know, put on their hats and their jerseys, they're millionaires. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? It's crazy. I mean, is it all that crazy? It, it it is when these guys come from nothing, and as soon as they step on a stage, they they're making a million dollars. It's crazy. I mean, everyone had that opportunity. <laughs> I'm just Anyone saying, could have done Jeff. It. Jeff, I'm just saying. The, the, I know, but that's that's the industry. It just is what it is. Yeah, I guess so. Good for collective bargaining, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff, by the way, just because I saw him on the screen a couple a couple minutes ago, good call with the Walker Kessler. That's a really good fit for Minnesota. They need defense. Dude, Walker Kessler is a great defender, and he can shoot a little bit too. He's yep. not. He's no bum. Mm-hmm. I thought Walker Kessler was a really underrated player just because of his defense. Yeah. But Minnesota, Minnesota was the number number one team offense last year, but they struggled defensively, and now he gets to be alongside Towns. That's going to be a quite a right. Tandem. But I, but I, that's also why I think it's a bad place for him. Like, how many minutes is he going to get as a seven? I think he's seven five. Yeah. Well, again, it, the conditioning we'll see with him with with that. But the, the but Timberwolves, most of their depth not, is in the guards. Right, but he's not a um, he's not like a power forward. 
he'd have to play center. Yeah, he's like going to play center, and then Towns will play four, which he's capable of doing because he's a good shooter for a four, a modern NBA four. I think he'll he'll be, if he develops like he should, he'll be able to play the starter minutes for sure because the I Timberwolves don't have a lot of big depth. I actually was excited for where he got drafted because I thought it was better where for the team that drafted him, which was Memphis. Yeah, I, was like, oh, I, I saw that brilliant. too. I'm like, wow, that would be something. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, and then when I saw he was going to Minnesota, I was like, oh, that's terrible. I'm like, I think he would have been better with, with Memphis. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let Jaron Jackson loose, let John Morant loose, and you're, all you got to do is just sit back and block shots. Right. You can be the white Rob Williams. Well, <laughs> bro- is this Mobley's brother? Yes. So he gets drafted by the Cavaliers. Not surprised. Wow. Yeah. All right. There you go. Reuniting the brothers. Yeah. I mean, dude, my brain is just evil. All I was thinking right there was what a reality show to make them get bunk beds in the same apartment in Cleveland. <laughs> well, good for him. The both brothers are playing there, and it, and they want to make him happy, and they want to make him feel comfortable because he's a franchise. Is it a good move, or is it essentially doing drafting Bronny to make Bron happy? Who knows. Anyways, Jeff. I, mean, I don't like these things. I don't like these things. You guys are adults now. Move to different cities and try to make it on your own. Thanks, Jeff. Stop mooching off your brother because he's so much better than you, you second-round bum. <laughs> you should have gone to Michigan. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> what a personality. have gone to Michigan. <laughs> Man, I let him just speak for the last half an hour. I just sat there listening. Oh yeah, he, I was he was ready to throw out his shots. At I Michigan. was <laughs> I was practically dozing off. You know, I was like, "What the heck is going on?" Here? Well, it wouldn't be Jeff calling the show without him taking shots at Michigan. So I'm just surprised he didn't do it during the football conversation. It took until the NBA. You know. On another note, I, I I had the opportunity to see what Tyler was posting up on social media. Oh boy, what do we got now? Uh, he, he drove all the way to the water again to hang out by himself. How nice mm. is that? Why don't you go hang out with him, Speedy? You hang out. I'm in the not water. going in the for rocks. Skip rocks in the ocean when it's dark. I'm not doing. No, that. during the daytime. He was doing it before the sunset. Oh, okay. He likes to watch the sunset. Maybe you guys can sit and you know have a picnic on the you know on the beach together. Oh, a picnic where he'll eat the majority of the food. <laughs> Probably. I mean, <laughs> there won't be any sharing. I was waiting for Carl to make that joke, so I had to beat him to it. <laughs> um. Carl also says, you know, that Jeff got a rejection letter from Michigan. He probably did. Anyways, uh, it was a great show. It was. Uh, by the way, shout out to the New York Knicks for hopefully not screwing up this draft. But, Let's just uh, say causing chaos. Yeah, what else is new? Uh, I'm not surprised. Causing chaos, that doesn't help them. So thank you to the Knicks for uh, making all the Knicks fans not happy tonight. But we'll see what happens as – I prog- as as the offseason progressive, progressively moves on, what the Knicks do. So I'm interested. Uh, thank you to uh, Duke fo- sophomore quarterback Riley Leonard for joining us. He was fantastic. Riley, thank you, and uh, we'll be in touch very, very soon. Um, thank you to all the fans that support us and, and what we do here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network and what we do here uh, on the Sports Loudmouths. We really appreciate you guys. and. We'll be back on Tuesday and Thursday. I've been very tired, been DJing all week, and uh, it's been a you know a long time, you know, a long week for me at least. But uh, thank you to all the fans for uh, supporting what we do, and uh, as always, us entertaining uh, you guys every single week. Um, listen to the Weekend Crunch uh, live at 7 p.m. at, ladies and gentlemen, on the 103.9 FM. If you're not here on Long Island. 
Check us out on iHeartRadio at 7 p.m. It's a great show, great guest. Definitely stay tuned uh, for that event and that show. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, this is Earl Marks and Speedy P. And say good night. We'll talk to you then. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.